Oh my god, Anna thought up a tongue twister <laughs> that I didn't post anywhere. I want to share that with you before we all leave. Uh huh. How many nips could a nip 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 could nip nips? She'd nip all the nips that a nip nip could have nip could nip nips. Wow. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the John is Late cast, episode 39. I am your host, as always, and to my immediate virtual right, he is Bernie Sanders' secret identity threat. I won the New Hampshire primary. Wow, it's like <laughs> Bernie Sanders is really here with us. Yeah. Wow. How do you feel about delegates? Oh, fuck that shit. What the hell? <laughs> Apparently Hillary got more. Like, what? Like, how does that work? Oh, no, wait. It's just the system's just... Ah, fuck politics. Fuck the system. (laughs) War. To my immediate virtual left, he made us an hour late. It's John Thayer. Hi. Hi, John. Hi. Like, uh, like making your podcast comrades wait? No, it makes me sad. You know, you do it often enough that I'm really starting to think you like it. Like, I think it's like a secret... secretly getting off on it? Yeah, I think it's like a secret fetish you have. We both went for that. We both knew yeah, where just, we that knew. needed to go. We knew. Is that, like, are we so predictable now? Is it time that we hang up the old podcast? Like, we've become so <laughs> predictable that it's just like, well, that's that's about as far as it can go. I think we stay in it long enough to get some Patreon money. And then... Uh, Probably. And then... Just uh, hit that sweet Patreon yeah. dough. So that, that just gold rush, basically. Yeah, we hit that sweet Patreon gold rush. And then bail the fuck out so how you doing john are you ready to do a podcast an hour late yes all right you better be you better be because you know what's gonna happen in this podcast what i'm gonna talk about video games (gasps) oh yeah you guys like those you guys uh they're okay i know that they're kind of a a subject that we we broach every now and again here on uh this little podcast that we do what I'm really here for is what you've been listening to, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Nothing new this week, so I had to kind of, you know, make up for it with these dumb, boring video games no one wants to hear about. Mm. Oh, well, oh, well. I guess we'll have to just start it out with a, a little title that, like, I've been looking forward to you playing ever since it came out because it looked pretty rad. Um, and if you look at, like, promotional art for it, one can't help but be immediately reminded of kind of like of both do rah 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 and kill bill uh it's called ronin you guys like ninja Ooh. you guys like ninjas they're all I like right. ninjas i also really <laughs> like rah rah and kill bill you like uh you like motorcycles yes yeah i guess what ronin's got ninjas and motorcycles hell yeah it does this game has got a really really cool concept it's uh it's a turn-based stealth action platformer what it's it's think of it as sort of a combination of like hotline miami mark of the ninja and gunpoint all kind of like wrapped up into one thing Hmm. only a lot of turn-based stuff going on so basically like what'll happen is like 
when you're not in combat, you run around normally. You can, like, run around, climb up walls, do your sneaky sneak thing around, though there's really no point in sneaking around because this isn't much of a stealth game. In fact, one, uh-huh. of, the, one of the game's initial tool tips tells you, like, just kill everyone. This isn't a stealth game. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's nice to be upfront like that. Yeah, yeah. I find that it helps because I think that, like, if you looked at this game and you played games like Mark of the Ninja and gunpoint you'd kind of get the idea that this might be a stealth game and it's not like i i can't really find a way to play it as one because the combat seems to be like the 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 main thing that this game is going for and the basically how it works is like you know after you're running around in real time if an enemy spots you and they you know they will at some point uh, the action will freeze, and you'll be given these little pips uh, around a little circle on your character showing you where the field of vision is coming from. Uh, and then you get to take a turn, and this is kind of like where the game starts falling apart. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, Uh-oh. yeah, because we've got a great idea of, you know, this mm-hmm. cool slashy slash ninja action game taking place over, you know, like a turn-based um, mechanics, and then... It, 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 like the game design and the levels are in no way built for it at all. Or at least they're not built in a way that makes it fun or conducive to enjoyment at all. Uh, so you, all you can do once you enter combat mode um, is you can only just leap around. Like you can't like run around. You can't like use a turn and say, okay, I want to take four steps this way or you know, like, or make any kind of movement that isn't a jump. What? Yeah, can you like, attack. You can attack okay. once once you're mm-hmm. within the vicinity of an aggressor. Um, but herein lies the problem. See, like most enemies are killed with one hit. You know, you get close to them, you slashy slashy them. It's done. Um, and the game has a cool system where, like, after the initial turn of when you get the little pips that tell you where the enemies are coming from, enemies all then, on the next turn, they get a turn to aim at you. And basically, every turn, every enemy that you come across is aiming at you. And there's not really any good way out of this situation. It's just you end up in a constant loop of jumping back and forth and hoping maybe you knock somebody down. With, by bumping into them, like there are no real ways to power yourself up to kind of make this mode enjoyable at all. Like it's just kind of like a mess of you. So basically, like every turn ends up me being jump, enemies fire, they get a chance to aim starting in the next round. And then I'm stuck in midair. They're all aimed at me. So what do I do? Oh. I have to drop to the ground real quick. But once I land, they fire and they get to aim again. <laughs> you see how this becomes a real tedious pattern and it gets real annoying because this is a system that could easily work if these level designs were made so where you only had to deal with like three, maybe five threats at a time. But by midway through chapter four, I got to a point to where it was just like, oh, there are 20 beams on me. Good. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's really freaking ridiculous and not fun and tedious and awful. And I, and I just ended up like, like I would like by the, uh, you know, by the time I get to the next part of my story, I was kind of already fed up with it and not enjoying it very much because like the first two or three stages 
are that very simple format of we have three very specific enemy types and they all have like one specific pattern that they always follow which that's fine you can build a really competent game out of really you know small mechanics like that and it's like hey you've only got to fight three or five guys at once this makes total sense and it feels real good and it gives this great first impression but as soon as you hit the second chapter of the game you're fighting anywhere from like 10 to 20 guys at a time and you basically just end up in this hopping back and forth bullshit circus that I was already fed up with. Um, but um, then we start getting to the problems of the game and that I don't know how this game left early access because it is remarkably still broken. Uh, the grappling hook on no less than, I want to say, eight to ten times, completely threw me out of a level um, anytime I dared to use it. Uh, and they make you use it to kind of smash through windows, sort of like, you know, jump off the building, latch back onto the building, and kind of like throw yourself through a window. That's a cool feeling. I like that. But then, you know, there are the times where your grappling hook will somehow latch onto a weird piece of geometry that it's not supposed to, and it'll fling you completely out of the level, and the game doesn't know what to do other than shit its pants. So that's good. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, my save file is now busted uh, because they the developer oh the, the developer did uh, apparently like there was a new influx of users over the last week or so because it was on sale during the um, the, the, the the Lunar New Year. Uh, sale um and um apparently like a bunch of influx of new users had a problem where they just couldn't start the game at all so the developer issued a patch <laughs> and that patch completely broke skill progression that you you know you complete a level and you finish all of the objectives in the level you get a skill point to use and that can like help you you know, give you little things that you can do like oh hey you get an extra move on this next turn because you killed two guys in quick succession so that's that's really cool. But for some reason, the patch that he issued, it fixed the startup problems. But now my skills are fucked to the point to where even after he repatched the game to quote unquote fix the issues, my save file is still busted and my skills don't work. And I can't go back and complete the levels again to get the points because the game already says I have the points. Uh. <laughs> so I've basically Jesus. got I, I have no skills and by the time by you get by the time you get to the point to where I'm at in the game, it's already completely busted. Like I, you need some of these skills. Like I need extra turns to like get rid of people. So yeah, my save file is completely busted, and I am not playing that game anymore. And another weird thing I've noticed, kind of reading around their forums, is that the developer seems to be. He seems to only pop up when there is an influx of new users to maybe kind of give the impression that he cares about this game being patched or presentable uh, in some way. Oh, like, hey, but the new patch made it 60 frames a second, so that's all That's all worth the while, right? Even though, you know, the grappling hook still didn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? How did this come out of early access be <laughs> still being this busted and unfun? Like, somebody, shame. somebody had to have said... At some point during early access, hey, you know, like this constant jumping back and forth thing isn't really fun. And and 
and and like there are things that the game doesn't bother telling you until way later in the game like you can skip a turn like so like if you like so if i jump and the end of my turn has me in the mid arc of my jump instead of trying to take another action during my next turn i can just press the start button to skip my turn and complete the arc of my jump hopefully landing beside somebody to a point to where not everybody in the goddamn world mm-hmm. would have a bead on me but even that's not very helpful at all um and that's another thing is that this game has tool tips that cannot be turned off and the game seems really proud of that and the developer isn't as funny as he thinks he is like one of the first tool tips you get is this isn't gun bound or not gun bound but gun point this isn't uh, gun oh jeez it's like all right mm. guys real cute and like one of the tool tips that pops up and just completely obstructs the gameplay is you can't turn these tool tips off really yeah that's one of them it's like wow dude you think <laughs> oh my god it's like are, how funny do you think you are because you're just completely missing the mark on gameplay execution and humor like i'm not laughing i'm pretty miserable playing your shitty game so yeah, mm-hmm. Ronan, uh, it's not getting, you know, it's, it, we're not going to put that on our curated list of games on Steam, <laughs> I don't think. There's a thing on Steam posted October 14th, 2015. Update 9. Fixed wall glitch bug. And by fix, I mean forbid you to exploit it, and if you do so now, it's your fault. Oh my god. So I guess, Fuck like, off. you used to be able to use the grappling hook to get out of bounds, and now, like, it'll just kick you out. Because uh-huh. you can't actually fix the bug, it just punishes you if you go out of bounds now. Yeah, if I go out of bounds, like the last time I went out of bounds, and every time prior to the last time I went out of bounds, you know, in fact, the game would just crash. It would just be like, nope, oh, don't know what I'm he, doing. He just made it crash. That's Yeah, wonderful. that's real. That's good. good on Devolver Digital. Way to stand behind people like that. Good job, guys. <laughs> But yeah, that game, like, I won't recommend it to anybody. It's just, it's not fun. It's a half-baked idea. It's not witty. It's it's in no way fun. Just skip gotcha. it. You can skip it. Um, Whatever happened to that first-person shooter that was going to, like, stop time? Super, super hot. hot. Uh, yeah, it's it's that's... Uh, coming out at the end of the month. Yay! Oh, really? <laughs> that demo this was seems like This seems almost like a 2D version of that where when you're in combat, like everything stops and you can kind of take time to make your move. But obviously the execution on this is not the same and not very good. Yeah. For like mm-hmm. a demo, super hot was amazingly strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like super hot is a game. I will be throwing money behind because it's definitely, mm-hmm. it's definitely shown that, you know, the developers behind that game know what they're doing. Whereas, yeah. whereas I don't know how this made it out of early access at all. Because just looking at the screenshots of this before you explained how it worked, I could see something cool there where it's like you're faced against overwhelming odds and maybe like you slash one guy and then turn around and block a bullet from another guy, which apparently Yeah, can't like do. you can't do that. Like, like why can't I hack bullets away? Like that's a fun ninja thing that I should be mm-hmm. able to do. And then like I'm just envisioning like after you beat a match, like it replays the whole thing without the delay. That is makes you look super cool. That's something everybody wants, and the developers like, oh, oh. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I just know Mm -hmm. my game's not gunpoint. (laughs) (laughs) God, I'm a moron. Get out of here with your garbage game. Uh, I finished Trails in the Sky, first chapter. 
Woo! Woo! That game. Holy oh shit. The last two chapters of that game really fucking go for it. <laughs> they go for it storyline-wise in a way that is so satisfying and so good. And, and then they have the most <laughs> amazing cliffhanger ever. How did people wait five-plus years for that? Oh. oh my god, when this game stomped my proverbial nuts where it stomped them, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me, game? You're going to run my emotions through this ringer and not expect me to like immediately want to jump into the second game? <laughs> That's amazing. It's so good. They they know how to wrap that game up, like, and they wrapped it up really well. In terms of basically everything, it all kind of came around in the end like the combat felt largely throwaway in the first few chapters but by the time they got to the end of the game i was using a lot of tactics to win fights like i started to feel i started to feel like they understood their combat system or weren't afraid to trust me with it um like like i got my ass handed to me quite a few times and it was just like grinding is not the answer here i'm just making really dumb moves and I need to be smarter about my character positioning. I need to be smarter about what attacks I'm using when I'm choosing to expend my CP gauge. Things like that. It's just like, oh my god! That that game's so good, and I absolutely cannot wait to play second chapter. But I I just can't Brad. go in, I can't go into another game like that right now. It's just <laughs> like I get that. Neptunia Rebirth Three was a hugely text heavy game. And it just there's so much yeah. going on storyline wise, and this game is just text and text and text <laughs> and so much text. It's and the war and peace of video games, essentially. Yes, and it's just like I, 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 I'm not happy with having to stop here, but I know that if I don't, I'm not gonna make it even halfway through second chapter without mm-hmm, burning out. Burning out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't want that to happen because I can definitely tell they're they're building to something. Yeah, they've already built to something amazing. It's just I have utter confidence in their ability to pull it off with where they're going for the rest of this little story is all. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds a little bit like the VLR wind down. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I know you guys are going to... I know you got this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like I, I have utter confidence that, that uh, Spike Chunsoft uh, are, are going to pull off uh, a really great little ending for that series. And I've got all the confidence in the world that Trails in the Sky's second chapter is going to be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then the third chapter is like a um, spin-off second yeah. kind of story thing. Yeah, cool. like, I don't even think, like, Estelle and, like, the main cast are in... Uh, gotcha. The third game. I think this takes place like long after they're dead. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah. Like I, th- I think that's what Radio said. Like I can't remember exactly. Like I was trying to like not listen to too much. Yeah. Because you know I'm obviously I was playing the game at the time, but whew, I finally have that monkey off my back that I've been playing that I've been plugging away at for like what feels like a month and a half. Uh, so yeah, Trails in the Skies is, is it's it's good shit. That'll get my endorsement. You know, I'll, 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 you know, you can go to our, our curator page. You'll find it right there. <laughs> we should, have, we should make a curator page, maybe. Oh, a, I'd a, love that. A Soxcast curator page. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. You're witnessing the birth of things right here on a Soxcast, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're gonna do. We're, we'll get a Soxcast. We're gonna be right up there. Number one, Trails in the Sky. Number two, Ronin. Neptunia. 
Uh, everything Neptunia. Anodyne. Oh, everything Dear Neptunia, because those spinoffs aren't. Yeah, uh, see, then John starts saying shit like Dear Esther, and I'm like, nope, this no, is No, I was making, I was kidding. I said, okay. I looked at my Steam, and the first two games I saw that I really didn't like were Anodyne and Dear Esther. Wow. <laughs> I, I can vouch not liking either of those as well. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, that was good. So, you know, you'd think. With uh, getting all this uh, JRPG oh, yeah. monkeys off my back, it might be time to kind of cool my jets. Uh, kind of play, play some Contra. Play something nice and light, easy to dig into. You know, nothing too stressful or strenuous. Nothing that's going to make me angry at all. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the first thing I reached for was Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, <laughs> and. Um. Before I go into what I think about this game thus far, I will say that this game immediately kind of like surprised me with how in your face it is, with how much it wants to shed the identity of what anybody had come to understand the Breath of Fire games or even JRPGs to be. Just like even mm-hmm. in its opening moments, like the first thing you see is a close up of the main character who's almost always mute. In fact, I'm pretty sure every Breath of Fire char- main character has been mute. And the first thing you see is Ryu talking. <laughs> he has the first line of dialogue in the game. That's kind of the first impression that you like, of, of like, oh, OK, they're doing something a little different. But then you get into the whole, oh, this very dystopian kind of Gurren Lagann-ish uh, society of mm-hmm. like, like we live under the earth for some reason, mm-hmm. and we don't really on the gone by way of Midgar. Yeah, and and we're not really clued in as to why uh, in the opening moments, um, and and it, it's just like that kind of setting and the way they were kind of throwing away like the chains of the Breath of Fire series because that series was stale after three, like four get out of here. It's a pretty game, but it's boring. I gotcha. Um, like breath of fire three is like probably the only one actually worth replaying out of that entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so I proceeded, uh, and in my first, uh, day with dragon quarter, I put in a good 10 hours of, uh, <laughs> put in a good 10 hours of game time. And the game was none too kind to me. Um, by the time I got to the second major area of the game, I was unable to do any conceivable damage to most of the enemies in that area. And due to the nature of the game and how it's set up, uh, you know, there is no grinding. So you can't just go back and grind for more money or experience. And, uh, mm-hmm. all the, I don't think there are any inns or like shelters or tents no, or anything. Is... You have to use you have, items. Yeah. You have to, you have to expend precious resources to save you have limited <laughs> save save ribbons you've got save crystals they start you out with one. <laughs> oh my god and like you at, at, you're lucky if you get one per dungeon there was one time i got two in a dungeon and i felt like i hit the lottery <laughs> is uh, any of this randomized everything's randomized oh great like shops are <laughs> randomized uh item drops are randomized and this is why I ended up uh, fucked over on my first playthrough that I had spent 10 hours on is that I there was no way for me to progress. The only way I could progress 
is to change into dragon form, but that's a big problem because changing into dragon form eats up D meter, and it's the D meter is in, is introduced in a real interesting way, and in, in that you come into contact with it real early in the game, and you don't know what like what is this weird like box thing on my screen doing All the here. Time. And it was like, why are you there? Like, that's not a map. I'm looking at the map. And, they, and like, there's no numbers next to it. It's just, like, a couple squares and, like, a little, like, throbbing orb of light in the middle. And it's just like, what is that? And then you finally understand, it's like, like you know, later on, it's like, oh, now there's a, a 1% by it. What's that mean? So, like... The more you use dragon form, the more you drag that thing up, and it's a percentage. So, for the people who haven't listened to this podcast enough and heard John gush about this game, you know, for for them to understand how this works, is when you hit 100%, you basically permanent game over. Like, there's really no coming back from this. Am I correct in assuming this? Yep. There's no way to reduce it, and it also goes up continuously at a very slow rate just by walking yeah like even if you're pressed up against an object and holding a direction it still goes up oh, no, that's silly. <laughs> yeah i think that's a little silly like i kind of feel it should only move when it senses you're actually moving around in the world <laughs> but but you eventually kind of get over it and stop thinking about it so much because it goes up at such a slow rate when you're just walking oh, yeah. around that it's it's really negligible. Like the only times it's re- you're really going to notice that thing going up is if you're using it as an emergency escape. Like um so 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 my first th- playthrough I abandoned it. Like there was nothing I could do because the randomization was not nice to me. The second playthrough uh, it ended up being a lot nicer with the items and the skills that I was getting. Like I, like my mage now actually had decent spells to use, so she wasn't completely useless. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's another thing I'll give that game credit for is that you only get three characters. You only got three playable characters, and they are all unique, and they all play in ways that you might not expect them to play. Mm-hmm. Like, like you know, there's you know, character Ryu. He is a sword dude. Um, and he's got the whole I win button behind him for when things get too tough. And it really is an I win button. Like when you go into dragon form, expect to just trounce anything and everything you are up against. Mm-hmm. It's basically like three EXE drives at once. <laughs> yeah, it's it's real. <laughs> for ridiculous. no cost. It's Plus real it, ridiculous. For every time normally during the game, you can during combat moving takes up a meter or resource to move up to enemies, but when you're in dragon form, you can move across the entire battlefield for no cost. Yep. So so he's got that, and you've got um, your mage chick, and she, like, she has a few different ways of casting spells that I've never seen before. So, like, when you go into a battle in this game, it functions a lot kind of like a strategy game, where you're moving your characters around, not really on a grid, but like placement really does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do things like have her set up magic circles around the arena. And then you could do things like have your characters kick enemies into them who more or less would be smart enough to maybe avoid them. Gosh. Um, so that, that was actually really cool when I started like playing around with that a bit, because like, you know, like a lot of enemies would just be up in my grill a lot of the time. And I was just like, well, 
how about this? My main character, he's, he's got an ability called kick. This can't be completely useless. So I just kicked a fucker back into a fire circle. He erupted into flames and died. Like, okay, that's fun. But <laughs> and still, you can stack the you can stack the circles on top of each other too, and yes, they all hit at once. Yes, it's really really smart. And you've got a gunner chick who uses speed and like various ways of debil- debilitating your enemies to uh, kind of like turn the tide in your favor a little bit more. Uh, so like every character's got a very specific role in combat that you've got to be aware of. So like the combat is just very strategy oriented and Mm -hmm. like with save with opportunities to save as far away as they are in this game like uh i think the last dungeon i did was like two hours long (laughs) and i like there was no save station in sight let alone and that's not even counting the fact that you have to use a precious resource to get through them yeah like i save yeah um so, so it's really cool that you've got all of these characters. They've got all their own unique stuff, and 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 all, and like the combat is super strategic, and you you really are agonizing over every move you make in combat because it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can use D meter to dash around enemies, and also there's like traps and stuff you can use outside of battle um, to turn to, to to yeah to give yourself like an initiative. Mm-hmm. Like you I can, think Final Fantasy Thirteen does something kind of like that. Yeah, um, this game it really matters. Yeah, yeah. So if you got like rotten meat or something, you could throw it, and the monsters will go eat it. But they'll be like real sick and weak at the start of combat if you initiate combat with them. Or you can just like, you know, like I don't advise it, but you could avoid the enemies altogether. Mm-hmm. It's not a strategy I advise. If you, uh, you know, like are having looking, money, yeah, if you need uh, some cash. <laughs> um, let's see. So so we've got our characters, we've got our D-meter, we've got all of that fun stuff. There was somewhere I was going with all of that, but I don't remember now. Well, you, you, your playthrough died. Then yeah, my playthrough do? died. So I got to my second playthrough and was just like, okay, fuck it, like, that's not working. So I, got to, I started my second playthrough. I'm doing much better now. Um, I reached uh, Trinity Pit, um, which I'm not exactly sure how far that is into the game. And, uh, like, my D-meter, I've managed to avoid using it at all. Uh, but it's still, <laughs> like, just from moving around and stuff. Um, you know, it's still at, like, 16.99%, something like that. Did you ever fight the um, the three bosses in a row? Ah, uh, yes, I was about to mention that. Okay. See, this is a point in the game where I felt like they were just nudging me and just daring me the entire fight. It's just like, now, come on, just use it. Come on, like if you just <laughs> use it, this will all be over, and you know you can just go, and that save point's not far away. Like they were just really so. So it starts out, you get into this first encounter, which is against like eight dudes, and it's like okay, whatever. And then you fight like a gigantic mech, and it's like okay, this is the boss fight. Okay, so I end up blowing a shit ton of resources on this fight, and then it's like oh no, there's a third fight. With uh, an NPC who is very strong, is quite capable of one-shotting a lot of your characters if she gets close to them. Uh, and by the way, you've used a lot of so resources. much HP. Yes, so much, and she has more than the mech, I think. And she has two bodyguards, <laughs> and she gets and she gets even pissier when you take out the bodyguards. Mm. She gets faster, and her attacks hit harder. 
So like, but I'm like, wait, I already, I already spent all of my shit on the fight before this game. You can't do this to me. But I, I managed to hold out. I had nothing left to heal with by the end of it. But I did not, I did not change into a dragon for that little fucking boss gauntlet. That that felt like it took Ooh. like seventy five minutes or so. Oh. It it was a long, <laughs> grueling process. That it's just like. Like this game is unrelenting in a way that I've that that I feel that makes me feel like if this game was released now, it would fit right in with where we are in terms mm-hmm. of like what we like and accept in games these days. Mm-hmm. Like Those I feel Dark Souls basically. I, I feel this game is was way ahead of its time, um, and, and I feel that it's just like. You, you know, like, like I'm not excusing that first playthrough. Like you could very, like you could very much play this game your first time and have the very same first playthrough I had, where absolutely jack shit goes your way. Um, and I was very tempted to just give up on it at that point. It was just like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me, game? I just put ten hours into this and I've got nothing to show for it. Yeah. Did you, you use the new me. game? Did you use the new game plus thing at all? Yeah. Yeah, I just did a complete new cycle. I stashed as much as I could. <clears throat> um, but you're so tempted to use... You um, are given a separate experience resource that you can spend on your characters in any order you want, and it's the only experience that carries over to a new playthrough. Yeah, so you can either use it on your current playthrough... <laughs> yeah, you can either use it on your current playthrough and just keep jacking your dudes up higher and higher and higher, or... If you don't think this run's going to quite be the one, you might want to start saving as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if the run isn't going well, then you become increasingly desperate and become increasingly more wishing to use that giant stack. Yeah, this, this game just it, <laughs> it plays on every bad habit JRPGs have ingrained in us mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. Like you want to grind, but you can't because enemies don't respawn. You, you want to. You want to take your time and take in the sights, but you can't because time is running out. You know, you want to press the I win button, but like every time you do, you are one step closer to this being like a permanent save fuckabye. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they're explicit about what happens when it hits 100 oh, either. No, they're not. They don't mention <laughs> it at all. Like, there's so no me- there is no mention of what happens when that meter hits 100% mm-hmm. at all. It's just that it's a thing. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's constantly looming. It's looking over your it's shoulder. It's there in the field screen, the battle screen, and the menu. Yeah, it's everywhere. And it's in the like, same spot. <laughs> it's like, ooh, what does this thing do? Like, and if I had never talked to John, like, I would have never known what this thing did. And I would have, like, been happily using my D meter uh, just <laughs> willy-nilly. I wonder if I hit 100 and it gives me a super move. Break. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, you just get treated to a really, really fancy game over screen. <laughs> it's so gruesome. It's, it's the worst sound effects and it's all in silhouette. Yeah, it's 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 quite something. A minute long. Yeah, yeah. It leaves you no doubt as to what just happened. Yeah, yeah. Is what it does. That's what this whole game does, though. It leaves yep. no doubt as to what the fuck just happened. Like, mm-hmm. this game is just like, even when it's beating your ass, the game is very upfront about it. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of being unfair right now. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> oh, I know. I've got you. You just press the you button. You turn into a dragon. Just turn into a button. dragon. Come on. It's just like, also, oh. the fact that in every other 
um, Breath of Fire game, turning into a dragon is how you win all the boss fights. Yeah, and in this like, game, you don't just... you don't even turn into a dragon for when you use the D meter. You turn into the dragon for the game over screen. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it rips out of your it body. Just it just <laughs> staggers me that this is a chance. Like this is the money that like cap like this is the bet Capcom put their money on. Like, it just really surprises me because even back on, like, the PS2 days, companies were still pretty gun-shy about, you know, breaking away from established formulas, especially mm-hmm. Japanese developers who are very much into tradition. And it's probably the reason why this game just has the reputation that it does. Yeah, it's pretty negative, right? Yeah. Oh, it, people when hate I, this game. Yeah, when yeah. I Twitter search it, it's mostly Breath of Fire fans bitching about not liking the fifth one. I, and how bad it is compared to the I've break turned around on it. I <laughs> I am I am really really enjoying this game now. Mm-hmm. Now that I've kind of like come to terms with like, all right, game, you're gonna try and fuck me, but I'm gonna do my damnedest to fuck you as well. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what percentage I had coming out of the Xeno fight? What? About fifty percent. Holy shit! Okay, I'm doing pretty all right then. You're doing real good. I could probably spare to use it once or twice and not yeah go. the last the last couple hours has a shit ton of bosses in a row <laughs> but um like it's the kind where like oh it's the final boss but then no no that wasn't the final boss but i already yeah. used my meter <laughs> it's like a, so i got when i played the game i got to the last area with very little and I got to the final ball, and I ran out of save tokens, so I had to do the last two hours or so in one go. Oh my god! And then I got to the last boss and had like ninety nine percent, and it needed one more hit, and I couldn't, I couldn't land the hit. Oh my god! <laughs> so then I had to replay that two hours and try to find some way to save about one percent. Oh my god! It was pretty brutal. 1%, so better one to... percent is about seven hundred steps. Yeah, I I read. I backtracked through a dungeon and then went back through the dungeon. And it cost about 1%. Oh, yeah. But I backtracked to save, so that was the, my last. I couldn't reverse that decision. No. It's like once you're there, it's just like – it's just like even when you're sure you want to save, you're never sure if it's safe to. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't want to know what's coming up. Like I, I want to play this game as blind as I can. Like I'm not going to turn to a guide. I'm not going to like look to see if there's a boss coming up. It's mm-hmm. just like – this is where I'm saving, and if it's going to happen, it's got to happen here. Or, or if it's not yeah. going to happen, I've got to find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. The mechanical twists on the bosses in the last dungeon are – they really go for it in the gut punch, basically. Oh. Mechanical <laughs> gut punch. It's just, oh, no. Come on. No. No. Yeah. No. Like when you mentioned – you mentioned that the boss fights take a turn at some point. And mm-hmm. it was just thing, and I just remember thinking – it's probably going to be very frustrating, but at the same time, that kind of thing where you're setting back just laughing at how absurd it is. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm just waiting for something to just complete, just like right up the ass. Uh-huh. So I had to go through the whole last area on like maybe 30%, so you can keep that in mind, maybe oh, going through that. Oh my god. Well, they say, Since, I don't know, like, and I don't want to know. Like, I just, yeah. I know where I'm at in the game, and I don't know mm-hmm. how far that is or how much more I have left to go. I just know that I've heard that this game is anywhere from 15 to 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm at, I want to say, 14 hours. Okay, you're so, probably closing it in. Cool. But, um, 
good luck. I think you're I think you're in a good place, in a very very good place. Yeah, I, th- I think like I understand the systems a lot more. Like they do a real bad job of explaining the combo system and how that mm-hmm. works. They do, and that's great... extremely important. Yeah, as the game winds down. Yeah, like I noticed that like as I was getting further into the game, it's just like enemies have so much more health. And it's just mm-hmm. like you need those 20, 30, 40, 50 percent bonuses added to chains. And, yes. you need, and you need to know how to thread skills to your weapons properly to make them combo properly or you're fucked. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, like, I think there's a giant bat in the first dungeon that killed me like like 30 minutes into the first dungeon. That, that killed me like twice. That so I restarted the game me. both times. That wouldn't surprise me. Oh, and That's enemy, what enemy layouts are give up on it. Enemy layouts are random too, by the way. So Whoop. like you can read a guide, but it's probably not going to be right as to what you're going to see. Because like on my first cycle, like when I was going through, like there was a part in the very first area of the game that I went through and got a treasure chest. Easy peasy. Second time is like, well, what the fuck? There's a boss monster there now. <laughs> What are you doing? Oh, and uh, you know, before I close out, I just gotta say, like the the presentation in this game is stellar as fuck. Like it is, like like I really like its uh, visual style, just with how it paints this bleak atmosphere of just like it's just so grimy and dirty and dark. And I think that there's a layer of static imposed over it at all times. I can't really mm-hmm. tell. But um, it's just really grainy and ugly. But it's got these like really cool angular character designs uh, with nice. Is it cell shading? Yeah, it's cell shading. It's got nice. It looks little... real good. It's got nice thick outlines that give everything uh, color. Uh, it's not voice acted, uh, but that mm-hmm. doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, and and then the soundtrack, um, which is composed by Duder Person from Final Fantasy Tactics, and produced uh, by Yes and Mitsuda. Yeah, it's a stellar goddamn soundtrack. And they know when to not use music in this game, too. Mm-hmm. There are times where, like, there will be scenes that happen in complete silence, and they work so much better than if something would have been backing them up. Oh, I can think of one in particular later on that just absolutely... Um, and there's so few characters. I think Zeno is introduced near the beginning of the game. Yeah, Zeno is one of the first uh, characters you interact with along with Bosch. Yeah. I think almost all of the all of the main bosses are just humans. Yeah, and it's just it's, other people like you. They use the same systems as you. Yeah, they do. Like they actually uh, use the combo system. Like enemies are using the very same combo system that you use to fuck them over. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh no, that enemy is wasting a turn to regain HP or to store up more HP to unload on me on the next round. Oh, mm-hmm. that's not going to be fun. But but I think that it's also really fair because like you can use an unlimited number of items uh, for any character per turn. Per turn. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like if you got your face melted off in a particular round, it's not that hard to come back like within the very next round. Yeah. Uh, Shove you, five potions down your throat. Yeah. But at the same time, those are resources you're not going to have access to unless you f- think that you can spare the meter to backtrack and buy more. Mm hmm. Yeah, all the individual battles are so challenging, and then they all function just into the the whole. Yeah, uh, just from just, minute one. As I told John that like once I send this copy back to him because like I borrowed this off of him a year ago. <laughs> 
I told him that once I send it back to him, I'm adding it. Uh, I'm going on Amazon. I'll probably and, replay and, it when you're done, when I get yeah, it back. I'm, a, I'm I'm going on Amazon and adding a copy to my collection because I'm I'm really that impressed with it now, and I think mm-hmm. that um, its combat has a lot of uh, in uh, in common with uh, some of the Neptunia games as well. So yes, I but, was very struck by but, that. <clears throat> But super, super hardcore. Oh, like, it was way more hardcore. The yeah. games mm-hmm. are about breezy, kind of thoughtless combat. Yeah, but but like, I think that having played Neptunia before I jumped into Breath of Fire kind of gave me like uh, a, a better heads up on how I should probably be going, mm-hmm. like approaching this combat. Because some of those last fights in Rebirth One are pretty. They are no slouch. Chunky. They yeah. are no slouch. They will still beat you over the head with damage mm. numbers. Mm. Um, so yeah, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter, uh, Trails in the Sky, like, those were just some real damn good times over the last couple of weeks, and I'm just so bummed that Ronan shit mm. the bed, and just, uh, the, uh, I'm so angry, because I wanted that game to be like everything that I thought it was, and it's just mm. like, and this isn't a case of me being disappointed with a game, this is just like, a developer kind of being a real shithead and not really delivering on their own concept or their own fucking, you know, if they even have one, a quality of standards, mm-hmm. standard of quality, <laughs> whatever, you Power know, what? quality seal of quality, the Ronin dev seal of <laughs> assurance. You know what you should do? What should I, I play? Mark of the Ninja and Gunpoint. I really should, man. Those games are real fucking good. Gunpoint's I got that really real. Good. Gunpoint got upgraded to uh, a new engine over the last what? year. Yeah, it, I still haven't played it. I have it on my PC, and yeah, I've just been like, mm. it, it was originally made in Game Maker, and then they upgraded it to something else. Huh. Um, yeah, they kept talking about wanting to do user levels. I'm not sure if that ever got added in. Yeah, I'll have to uh, give Gunpoint another look because I really liked that game, and it actually had a really like a decent story going on too. Oh, cool. That's, yeah. that's that always just kind of puts me over the edge and wanting to you will try love, a game out. Is you hearing. will love the puzzle aspect of Gunpoint as mm-hmm. well. It's just insane what you can do in that game and all the stuff you can. There are a lot of ways to try to tackle every level. I think mm-hmm. um, there's a, and there's a tutorial prompt at the start that says this is not Mark of the Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> so that is about all I've been up to. John Fire. Oh boy, saving me for last, huh? Yeah, I, I think with the way <laughs> it's for last with the with the with the order of things, you know, I think it works better this way. So, John yeah, Fire, that's, that's me. Talk to me. What have you been doing? Well, um, there's a couple games I played through to completion. Um, I don't know if I fin- I think I finished The Witness since the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you ha- you still haven't actually. No, I haven't gotten the secret ending. I got really burnt out with that game, kind of. We did um, play it pretty quickly. Yeah, we you did. guys like devoured that game's content in like five days. Yeah, which is kind of which is pretty nuts. Which is basically um, what me and Rhett did with the first Rebirth game. Honestly, like yeah. he devoured that game in like a week. That's really fun. That was really fun, kind of going down memory lane on Twitter earlier and being like, who got us into this? What? How did that go down? It was all me. It was all right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's funny that a year ago doesn't seem that long. And I'm, I'm the one that was there day one on PS3 and was like, oh my oh, god, this game's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> this is terrible. 
fuck who would ever want to play these stupid bullshitty anime girl games? I hate this. <laughs> I looked at a screenshot and the first one looked really brown. It's, it's very different. It's very huh. different, very ugly. It's based on Trinity Universe, uh, which is another... Uh, I don't know if it's Compile Heart or Idea Factory, uh, but it's a real shit show of an RPG. And basically they built Neptunia on the entirety of Trinity and <laughs> kind of floated it. You know, like The game was floating on personality, which is why I wanted it in the first place, but the game played so bad I could not force myself through it. Yeah, Neptunia was a series everyone was like, oh man, this is such a good idea, and then the game came out, and it's just like, oh. Ugh. So, I'll talk about impressions changing yeah. over the time. When yeah, I to we'll go over that here in a, a bit. But, uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, got I finished to say about The Witness uh, in closing, or? I just keep kind of waffling on that game, just thought-wise, because like, we had such a nice time playing it and doing all the puzzles and everything, and I'm just... But something about it just very instinctually puts me off. Does that make sense? I can see what you're saying, yeah. Just, um, I don't know, the kind of coldness and artificialness, artificiality of the island mm. uh, that doesn't seem to be um, considered or purposeful. I, I think it kind of is intentional. Yeah. The uh, island being uh, construction. It's such, it's such a video game world. And, like, I need to kind of make sense of that. Because the main ending does not do anything. No, the like, main ending is fucking bullshit. <laughs> like, I'll be honest. Yeah. I te- Anna and I watched that in just total silence for, like, the ending. This last three minutes. And it had, like, the It's actually, quotes. like, seven minutes. Really? It's, oh, it's way longer than you think it is. Oh, my God. We were, like, seven minutes in silence. And then I just looked at her at the end and said... <laughs> You know, Anna, in the end, don't we all eventually return to the inside of our father's penis? Because <laughs> the visual imagery and the ending and the beginning of that game is pretty striking. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. You're you two in that fucking. Okay. All right. I'm just. All right. Leave a giant inside of a giant metal tube. Um, at The beginning and then go back into it. But whatever. John's the kind uh, of guy that looks at a toilet paper roll and thinks, ha, it's a penis. <laughs> looks at the muffler on a car. Ha ha, butt penis. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, The Witness, um, I just keep kind of waffling on it because we really had a lot of fun with the puzzles. Um, but yeah. But you're just kind it. of like torn on... Uh, 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 academically where you sit with that game yeah it's like i really viscerally enjoyed it um and then just can't like open my heart to it i think i like every other game i played this year a little more like you can't tell if it's bullshitting you or not i really can't it's like so um i was thinking oh man i hope that there's nine ten more games better than this that i don't have to put this on my game of the year list at the end (laughs) wow and then i was like Oh, good. I've already played Bullet Phase, English Country Tune, Neptunia. <laughs> um, <laughs> a bunch of games. Off, well, probably. Neptunia is apparently Game of the Year. Yeah, definitely. Number, number one. Number so, one. So there's no, there's no danger of that, thankfully. Um, uh, but yeah, that's a game that is... I will not, like... It seems like everyone is basically... 
The only thing the, I, I want to like be a little more negative, except that the only thing that bugs me more than the witness is so the negative is reading negative criticism of the witness because I hate it. It just irritates me. You're, yeah, because the negative criticism is all like it doesn't tell you how to do the puzzles. Forty dollars. Why, so why are there so many puzzles in this puzzle? Why game? can't I just run around the island? It's so pretty, and it's just like $40, no. That's $40, why can't $40? you not like the game for the reasons I don't. <laughs> Which is bullshit on my part, but that's my Just instinctive reaction. <laughs> but it's for your like, like the internet exists for John Thayer's peace of mind, <laughs> if nothing else. So I might write something if I get more thoughts into it, because I want to. I kind of want a piece that speaks for me. Mm-hmm. instead of maybe the it's pieces just like that are just you need like, to get these thoughts out of you and onto like paper not really paper but you get what i mean like maybe yeah. these are thoughts that won't really kind of like fully feel right until you've expressed them yeah that might be right yeah the and i hate to, it, part of me almost is just like oh i don't want to be part of the discourse about this game but yeah yeah i, I don't want to be I, the part of the discourse about any fucking game so <laughs> Yeah, fuck the discourse. Actually, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it's the witness is a fun puzzle game, and it's really pretty a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's really status. pretty. Yeah, kinda in this weird way though. <sighs> Remember when has, I was like, okay, oh. it has great use of color. Can we give it that? Yeah, in the sense that like there's like seven ty- different colored trees that are stuffed right next to each other, but in like completely uniform clumps. <laughs> it's so weird to look at that Island. It's kind of like a theme park at the top. A licensed speed tree. Yeah. But. Um, oh, I don't know that there was no speed in those trees. This game took eight years to make. <laughs> those were handcrafted. By they handcrafted. Everyone fell tree. from Jonathan blows rosy butthole. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how much of it is me bringing the personality, the online personality of the person into it too, because that would be bullshit. So, I don't. I want to think very, tread very carefully about how I express myself about the witness. Basically, I think that's fair, especially since we had a really fun time actually playing it. Yeah, yeah. I remember those blog posts where they were like, "Oh, we're just polishing polishing up the graphics. Like, we need to have." rivets attaching these metal poles to this wall here i'm just like what are you fucking doing (laughs) those were like in 2013 (laughs) it reminded me of like like the game is puzzle complete but we really need the details on this bullshit plank to really when when, uh in indie game the movie when phil fish is going over a wall in uh fez in one of the backgrounds and he's just like every piece needs to be unique and have its own identity in the world and he's just sitting there making lines and little tetris blocks and it's just like wow you are a crazy man and i like i kind of get that though because if yeah i'm sure you've seen a game like dark souls 2 where they don't do that and they just use the same texture for like yeah and and, it looks so bad yeah yeah like even like even Dragon Quarter, even though that that game's got a little bit of budgety look behind it, there are still a lot of really unique things that they do with the environments. Like there are certain paths that just branch off into nowhere, and it's like, why did you waste time building that? Like there's no reason for this to be here. Like there's no items down here. There's no enemies down here. Like why did at least in this randomly yeah generated and it, version? Just, and I was just like, and it was just like a part of me was like really impressed. It was just like, huh? It's kind of just like. 
it makes the it, it makes it have more of a sense of place to me, which is like something I really wanted that game because I mm-hmm. love settings like that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, and it especially works with something like Dragon Quarter since it's so like the progression is very linear, mm-hmm. basically up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm at, I'm at like 800 meters below ground now. Yeah, they have a number, I think. Yeah, after like every screen, it tells you like how closer, how much closer you're getting to the surface. Mm-hmm. And it still what seems a like a weird game. And it still feels for a, for a sequel to these standard JRPGs. And I know to have the sequel be like, oh, by the way, it's like XCOM now. Basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think Basically. that like my experience with XCOM is another thing that kind of let me let go and try it again as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like you know, I knew I could fail XCOM at any point, and I stuck with it. So it's just like, you know what, fine. I didn't take my lumps in XCOM. I actually got through that in one playthrough. I'll take mm-hmm. my I'll take my lump in Dragon Quarter. <laughs> God, I don't think I've had to restart any of these games yet. I've played like four or five of these kind of games and I barely scrape by in all of Just them. Just wait until feel... you get to one that makes you fire oh. off the way that I was firing off to Rhett the other night. <laughs> it might be XCOM. Yeah, I restarted oh, that I... one. I fucked up. I was I was I was very determined. It's like Rhett, I'm never touching this fucking game again. I'm gonna send <laughs> it back to John and shove it up his ass. <laughs> god but yeah um dragon quarter i i think i told you like saga one has a thing where you're going up this tower the old the whole game and at the top is god yeah um and it tells you what floor you're on on the pause screen for just the whole thing so dragon quarter is kind of like if saga one did all the things it does really cool on purpose (laughs) and was also competent just in basic other regards yeah um that was kind of that was i think i talked to you about it and i was like god these games are that that game is so much fucking better than Sokka." (laughs) yeah yeah like even i'm like playing it and thinking i'm still enjoying this a hell of a lot more than i would a saga game that's for sure Mm -hmm. well after i gave up on romancing saga and saga frontier i realized that i probably only really dug one and two because they were very linear kind of like dragon quarter so i could kind of dig into the systems yeah yeah that's um, inhibiting structure. Yeah, in a if, less, Dra- like, if Dragon Quarter was sprawling, it would just be too much. No, I couldn't. Ha- you couldn't handle that. It just wouldn't make sense. And Saga Frontier and Romantic Saga. I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I'm like, out. You're being pulled in like 20 different directions by Saga Frontier at once. Mm-hmm. Like half of the game world, or it's like three fourths of it is open to you once you finish each character's intro. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's rough. It's so rough. So I might go back to that one at one point if I could play it portably, but I feel like I'm comfortable at this point just really digging the first two Saga games for the stuff that they do almost kind of as like Dragon Quarter. You know, John, you could actually play the uh, Saga Frontier portably someday, you know, if Square got their act together. You got a Vita. Yeah, they didn't. They don't have to put it on the Vita, at least in the American PSN store. I'm I'm just reminding you that you have a Vita. It's true. I, I'm not sure if you remembered or not. Don't worry. I'll let you know that I'm playing a game on the Vita in a bit. <laughs> it's really good, nice to be able to play it on the Vita, too. Got but that. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, Dragon Quarter's great. I beat Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 1. Woo! Woo! That game's real nice. Isn't it? We kept it's telling so you. Nice. Like, the end of that game, the true end. It's so nice. It's such a John fucking ending. It's Sailor <laughs> yes. Moon. It's so Sailor Moon. It's just the nicest. That game moves at a really nice pace. And I know I took like a year to play it, beat it, but <laughs> I could easily see myself blazing through that in that like five days too. 
Neptune's um, just going to save everyone. She's not leaving anyone behind. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's so just like, whatever, the whole game. Yeah, down, yeah. Down you get that stoic cares. moment. When you when you get that stoic moment, it's not – it doesn't, like, smack you upside the head or anything. It's just like, you know what? She's she's right. She's a good girl, damn it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And that last fight with just her and also Iris Hearts inside the DLC. Yeah. Yeah, it's that weird. <laughs> um, which is good because I Neptune died during <laughs> that fight. I would have had to redo the last two fights. I didn't know you could lose that fight. <laughs> Um, well, I maybe would have been more careful if I didn't have Iris Art. Good. Um, but yeah, that game is really breezy and it gets a whole lot of stuff right. Just kind of like JRPG fundamental wise. Mm-hmm. Like I always had, I never had more than enough money. Yeah. Which is all, it's like every Final Fantasy game. You, yeah. At some point you just get way too fucking much money. Yeah. It's like, like I guess I'll buy 50 Alexers. I don't know. Like the money part of the game stops mattering at some point. Like, and I, yeah. I think that like. That's but I was important. always able to buy new equipment for everyone. And yeah. It felt nice. That's an important part, I think, of an RPG's design is, like, you can't have one of the systems just fall by the wayside like mm-hmm. that. God. And then the um, um, just all the boss fights, like, I don't think there was ever a point where I did, like, more than, like, three bosses in a row that were easy. Oh, I think yeah. I think every, at least every, every three or four bosses, there would be one that kind of kick my ass maybe maybe do it twice so i think my favorite fight from the first game is uh the item skill sealer you're crazy i really like that fight because it's such a rush you've got to get in there and be aggressive and that might Mm -hmm. not be how you've played up until that point Mm -hmm. you've got to grind so that you can kill them before they kill you because you can't use items i like that fight i did not grind my second playthrough of that game at all i just played through it straight and i was fine god yeah, I period, I think I stopped like three or four times to grind for a little bit. And so part of that was doing some of the quests to get the um, shares all in line. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, there were several points where I stopped and grinded for an hour or so. And it, it felt nice and like, okay, now I'm prepared. And grinding Especially, in that game, it's not that it's hard. Breezy. Like, it's breezy. You could throw on a podcast and just mm-hmm. have at it. Yeah, we would have a movie on, some Ghibli movie. <laughs> Um, so that was really nice. And Anna would be silently judging you. Yes, <laughs> the whole time. I'll be getting the next one. Did she one. come around on Nip at all? No. Oh, really? But you know why that's okay? Because if I play any of them again, I can play them <laughs> on my... Oh, yeah, you got that thing, don't you? Vita! You've got a Vita! Right, John has a Vita. Man. I probably would have played it way faster if I had gotten ta- it on that. He's taken the Vita into the bathroom. He's got Rebirth 2 in there. <laughs> oh, no. Lock the door. John, I hear anime girls in there. <laughs> but you yeah. better not be Nepgearing. <laughs> it's the third time I've caught you Nepgearing this month. You know we don't approve of her addition to the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this house. <laughs> this is not a Nepgear house, mister. <laughs> One and three only, John. <laughs> Even Anna would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll play I'll probably play two at some point, but but um I'll probably play tits first. <laughs> Trails and <in the> sky. <laughs> just say tits right after Neptunia. You just can't <laughs> do that. 
Because <laughs> Trails in the Sky just seems really classy and kind of grounded. It's so classy and grounded mm-hmm. and just so smart. And the writing is so good. Mm-hmm. Which is really, which really reminds me of another game I'm playing on my feet up. But I'll talk about that in a bit because I've got a couple more games I played that are really cool. What else did you played? All right, so so far, so I've got four more games after The Witness that I all like more than The Witness. Uh oh, (laughs) my gut. Um, I played a bunch of Sweet Home on the Mm. NES. Um, And if you really, really like meticulous item management logistics, (laughs) then this is your fucking game. You should get in on this because in Sweet Home, you got five party members that can be divided into um, different teams. You can divide them into five teams, four teams with um, three people in one team and um, two people in another. You can divide anybody. You can make any combination of the five characters and all five characters have different tools that allow you to navigate around the island, around the home. Mm -hmm. Um, This is sort of the predecessor to Resident Evil. You're trapped in a haunted house and the goal is to escape. And you learn about the the house's sordid past mm-hmm. during the meantime. Um, somebody has a camera that lets them find secret hints hidden in paintings. Some of them, one of them has a lighter that lets you get past areas you can, obstacles you can burn away. Um, and stuff like that, basically. Just little Metroid-y um, locks to go in a bunch of keys. Yeah. Including a literal key to open doors. Um, so it's very important that, so also... This is an RPG, and also, if any of the characters die, then they're dead permanently. Oh, good. So That's pretty but, harsh for an NES game. You don't really assign permanent death to NES games. In an RPG. Nah. But also, you can save at any point, and the game lets you actually reload your save from the menu instead uh, of forcing you to start the game, gotcha. which I thought was really classy for a NES game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it honestly feels really well put together, like... All of the different pe- – it's this – there's no in or anything, so – and there's only a handful of um, – well, really, there's like 20 tonics, hidden or healing items hidden around, and they're mega elixirs, basically. They heal all your HP and MP. Mm-hmm. And I've used like four, and I'm maybe halfway through the game. <laughs> so it's, it's generous enough that it yeah. doesn't feel um, – Do you have limited saves? No, you have infinite saves oh, anywhere. Fuck this. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's – it's more generous than the first Resident Evil, honestly. And I think the story is probably classier, too. Because mm. um, you learn about this tragic story where, where this mother's daughter fell into the incinerator, so she started murdering other children. And then the house became haunted. And it's very dark. Just and really insane. happy fun times for Yeah, us. really. But it's better than fucking Resident Evil's presentation. Good um, which I really like Resident Evil 1. I think it's really classy, too. And yeah, it, not to take anything away from that game. Yeah. It's just... Well, you say classy. That's literally a B-movie, though. Yeah. No, I meant design-wise. I think uh, Resident Evil is completely razor-sharp design-wise about how it, you move through that house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the mods... The, just presentation-wise, Sweet Home probably takes that, actually. Um, Resident Evil's probably more streamlined in the sense that you only have one character and eight or six inventory slots. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of items you want to lug around. Um, I got about halfway through um, just meticulously taking notes and measuring where I left things and whatnot. And then at some point I was like, okay, I kind of want to start moving through this a little faster. So I started peeking at guides more, um, which is sort of a standard progression for me in these kinds of games, if yeah. that makes sense. 
You're uh, playing this for the SoxCast Guide In, aren't you? Yes, I am. That's and it's a very cool game. I can't wait to talk about it in depth with everyone else. So I, should, I can probably just leave it there. Oh, I wasn't trying to move you along. I was just like, I was there, like, I couldn't remember if that's what you guys were playing next or yeah. not. Yeah, well, it's taking us a long time because Undertale came out since right after oh. we announced this. Oh, holy crap. It's been that long. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's hard to get a bunch of people in the mood to play one game. Absolutely. So, I, like, I only just got around to beating NepNep, so. I have enough problems trying to get people together to talk about one album. Yeah, which takes an hour to listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let alone. RPG. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, all right, everybody, sit down and play Dragon Warrior 2 all the way through. Oh, boy. All right, come on. Chop, chop. No, we're pretty relaxed, and I think that's okay for it to have a pretty intermittent schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, beat, so I, I didn't beat Sweet Home, but I did finish Ghost Trick. Oh, damn. That no spoilers, kind of, please. That game's kind of a masterpiece. That game... Like to know kind of perfect to know that that game never got franchised is something that makes me super happy because it is a standalone masterwork. Yep, that just that. Yeah, that's probably my favorite DS game. Like, there's there's not much I can find wrong with that. I think maybe one or two of the puzzle solutions may have been a little too obtuse. Mm-hmm. There's one where involving balancers that I looked up. I think that's exactly the one where I got stuck as well. Uh-huh. Um, but there's so few, like, pat. there's so few, like, verbs at any given point that any puzzle, no puzzle's gonna get anybody stuck for too long. Yeah, and there's not really, there's not, like, there is no really harsh fail state or anything. It's just, you just gotta figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lack of harsh fail states is built into the game. You can start, you can retry these places just in the text as many times. The character can restart it as many times as he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that story moves is just fantastic. And it's, it's absolutely... It's so touching by the end. Like it, it's I was just like, sobbing for like the last yep. hour and a half of that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anna saw me just in front of the fire, just sight, with headphones on, just like tears. Yep. Running I'm down. not afraid to admit that that game, that game gave me just a lot of emotions while mm. I played through it. It's just such a gorgeous game, just top to bottom, like its mechanics, its story, uh, and, and just its presentation are jaw-dropping. Oh. Yeah, the, uh, it has the um, just the completely smooth, beautiful 2D animation. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's done the same as uh, EG's, where it's mm. like... The animation was composed of 3D models, but then they were flattened into 2D images and then, like, smoothly animated frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. But, yeah. And that... every character is just unique in every – like, like no two characters in that game are, like, model swaps or anything. They're yeah. all, they all have unique movements, mannerisms, waves of just, like, moving their arms about or walking. Mm. It's The just... two identical-looking guards that wind up having – completely different personalities and one of them panic dances yeah <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of characters um i think the the one that i didn't know was going to be um recurring was the nice little friend you're introduced to in like the second chapter mm. who comes back just in a big way yeah who's just maybe the cutest Absolute best oh um can i say the identity of one of the characters just um one of the characters is a pomeradian and it's really cute. You're really adorable. And it's just the cutest. Um, every mystery that they set up, they 
they they paid off. They they answered every question. It was nuts. They leave nothing. I didn't think that you could do that. I didn't think they could answer everything and also answer it in a way that was classy. They they Ugh. leave nothing open. They leave no dangling threads. Like there is no sequel bait here. Mm-hmm. It's just they probably explored the um, ghost trick thing as much as they could. Mm-hmm. That was a really that's just a really classy ass game. Um. Yeah, and it's it's a whole lot of text, so it, it kind of feels a little um, visual novelly in a really nice way. Yeah, yeah. For me, uh, I don't know how the mechanics work necessarily in like a game that didn't have an intense story focus. Um, so I think that like the, none of the puzzles are really that hard. No. Um, so, like, if you I can if you can if look at a situation and like, okay, I need to get point A to point B and make these things happen. It's pretty easy to look at the tools in your arsenal and think, oh, okay, I know what I need to do mm. to make. It's like a point and click adventure where everything you can click on is highlighted, and you your mouse um, can only move in very limited ways. Think of so, the game Mousetrap, uh, the board game Mousetrap, where, you, <laughs> where you've got to make like the the Rube Goldberg machines. Yeah, there it's every single puzzle is a Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah, if it weren't for if it weren't for the really good classy story. That's how I would be selling it to people. Is it's a puzzle game about putting together Rube Goldberg machines? Yeah, it's super slick. Oh, it's real good. Yeah, that game is probably the best game I played all year, and it is just completely lovely in every respect. There's nothing negative I can think to say about it. What did you play it on? Did you play it on DS or iPhone? Um, iPhone. I looked at some footage of the DS game, and it looked identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty similar. Mm, so not quite like nine nine nine, which was nah. very version of the experience yeah where it had like 999 kind of had some of the emotions sucked out of one of the moments Mm -hmm. just one of the moments and and then beyond that streamlined it considerably yeah yeah um but yeah ghost trick is perfect and everyone should play it and i I, should play it (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't know what i don't really it's not like I don't feel like I need to like shriek to the heavens about how good this game because it feels like it just makes the case so well on its own. It like, does. It, yeah. Look at it, of course. I feel like everyone that's played it seems to basically agree. Um, it's just, I don't, I, I've heard about it a lot in my circles, so I don't know how much exposure mm-hmm. it got beyond that. Um, I want to play the Phoenix Wright games. <laughs> oh my God, you've never played any of those? I played half of the first one and it was good. I really enjoyed <sighs> it. I just lost track of it. First and third one. Yeah. It's like Neptunia in that way. Yeah, the second game mm. just doesn't really go any good places. It's just kind of boring and middling. Yeah. The, first, might, game, I... the first game on DS has a, an extra chapter they added to the fifth for Which the is DS remake. like amazing, right? And yeah. Like, yeah, it basically feels like that should have been the sequel. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. like a sec. It's seriously like almost half the game is that extra oh, case. Yeah, like you go through those first four cases and then like you've got an entire other case left that is basically three-fourths the length of everything you've already just done. God, okay, good. I don't feel so bad about losing track of that save file then because I was only on case three. I feel like I'll be okay replaying it. Up yeah, to you'll be yeah. fine. Because um, it's like- really good. Getting It felt real good when the, when the trial music starts up and things start falling ah, into place. So that good. game feels just... <clears throat> I don't know uh, if the first game does it that much, but like in the third game, they they kind of start having threads between the cases that all come together. Yeah, it's real cool. 
Cool. So if you do go back to it, it'd probably be worth restarting. Yeah. It might be like Neptunia. If you don't. I feel comfortable. Anything. It might be like Neptunia where I feel comfortable going through the second and second game just because. I'm that... pretty damn sure that third game calls back those first two games as well. Oh, yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I think I'll play through the second one and, and have an okay time because it was by, by the original writer too. And that's the kind of thing where I feel comfortable just making, having that trilogy and yeah. experiencing that. Um, as far as the latter games, um, he had Shu Mikami, I think, because he did Ghost Trick. Yeah. So I'm. That's what I'm in for. Um, yeah. He didn't. Ha- he had a much more hands-off roles in the sequ- in the later sequels, right? Yeah. Uh, I like Ace Attorney Investigations. That's cool. Um, I heard that the second game is the best Ace Attorney game, and unfortunately, it never got an official release. Yeah. Yeah. That series, unfortunately, got kind of. It kind of petered out. Hmm. Did they is ever that, um, do the? Did they ever bring over the Ace Attorney Professor Layton crossover? Yeah, they did, and nobody talked about it ever. Yeah. Weird, because it was like two years Professor, too late. I want to show Professor Layton to Anna because, like, she was really into just doing puzzles in the witness. Oh, She'll grow then, to hate matchsticks. <laughs> and That's then Professor Layton. Professor Layton is just like walk around this Ghibli town and have people throw puzzles at you. The first, yeah. the first game has too much goddamn um, algebra for my brain. <laughs> I like math. I don't uh, like math at all. Oh my god! But I'm a musician, so I did so much math this today in this homework. <laughs> um, I just realized Professor Layton is another series where I would go, yeah, first and third games. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Even though I like the second one, I like the second I think one it was too. His weakest one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Diabolical box. Diabolical it seemed box. like there were just a trillion of those. I, I lost track of how many. Oh, latents. yeah. There's the first trilogy. There's a second trilogy now. So there's like six or seven. I, th- I think Diabolical Box is like the one where they finally nailed environment and puzzle kind of being one where like gotcha. the puzzles didn't feel just like, oh, I'm talking to this foreman on a train. Here's a, a puzzle about kids in a choir. Like what? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but then there are a lot more environmentally based puzzles uh, mm. in the third game. That's cool. So yeah. I'll probably play that trilogy at some point. I definitely want to share with Anna since it seems way up. Yeah, early. you two would probably dig it. And just for John, the third game, like the story goes places. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Did you ever finish that, Polly? Mm-hmm. Oh, I reviewed yeah. that. The third Neat. one, the yeah. time travel one. The Diabolical oh, Box? I, I like tra- no, time travel. No, that's the second one. Are you sure? Yeah, third one is time travel. Oh, I didn't finish the third one then. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the third one. That one. Okay, so first and third, and also sec, but not second, <laughs> but also second. I like, Dolly. I like Diabolical Box. Cool. All right, the third, so. The third game made me an emotional sobbing wreck at the end. Okay. In a, prof- in a fucking like Professor that. Layton game. I just <laughs> never saw that coming. Cool. Um, yeah, dies. Ghost Trick. Ghost Trick is real good. Video DS games are great, huh? Yes. Yeah, DS was rad. I don't I think I played any visual novels before We Know the Devil last year, and I played like five or something. Are you counting Neptunia as a visual novel? I, if I count Neptunia, then that counts Persona. So no. Well, <laughs> I guess Ghost Trick isn't really either. We're looking but... at like the biggest parts of Persona three and four, maybe. <laughs> Okay, maybe I I experienced Persona well before that, so I probably had a bit of a history with this kind of genre. I have an idea. Fuck genre labels. They're stupid. They are, aren't they? Um, And I started, um, I played about four hours or so on my Vita, 
of um, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, that's such a good game. I have never touched this game before in my life. Final Fantasy has been a huge part of my life since I was like eight. Um, And I've played to death like a bunch of other Final Fantasy games. And I've never touched this one. It's maybe probably the best game I've never played. <laughs> Where do you get to that Y-Graph fight, though? Yeah, I, I already warned him to keep multiple I've been alternating save files. files, just in case. Y-Graph and Elmdor are the two most just ball-busting fights in that game. Cool. But specifically Y-Graph, because it comes after a thing and goes, Hey, do you want to save? And then yeah. you into it. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I guess I'm going to make Ramza an alchemist now and throw rocks at this guy for 20 yeah. minutes. <laughs> As he kills me in one hit if he gets close to me. <laughs> that so talk about classy ass games though. Oh my god, yeah. That di- that game starts with just like a history professor talking about the history of this world and then goes into like a very quiet, rainy church scene and there's a little battle outside and then it goes back three years into the past fucking and... final fantasy 12 apes this entire intro oh really it really does it starts with a historian professor giving you the background of ivalice it's it takes place in ivalice just like fucking final yeah. fantasy tactics mm-hmm. you go into this rainy setup where you're raiding a castle as these dudes, because there's political stuff going on. And God, that intro is really striking when your character dies at the end. It's so crazy. Ugh. Ugh. God, Final Fantasy XII always seemed like a game that I would love, but except for all the other parts about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and I never the, got more than like yeah, five hours of it. It wasn't finished. Yeah. yeah. Um, so going back to Final Fantasy Tactics, it's like, okay, yes, this is, this is my speed. Just very grounded, kind of brown, but just that the the animations in that game though so good. Where do you start seeing some of like the magic spells and stuff? Mm-hmm. The like the particle effects they use are so just ultra vibrant and pretty. Mm, yeah, that is. The, I think the scene that was most striking, the, where I just kind of realized that I kind of pulled it over, showed it over to the Anna, was like um, it was a battle, and I knew what, all the characters and what they wanted. And it was raining, and the music was just kind of subdued, like do 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 in the background. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Oh, this is for me." <laughs> yeah, that game does moody uh, really well with mm-hmm. just like the weird, like Cupid doll aspects that the characters have. Like, it still mm-hmm. manages to pull off this really grandiose storyline. Um, it's, it's all those animations and the cutscenes too. Like when a character pushes up another character and holds them against the wall. Yeah, the like there's and it's just oh, like whoa. There's, there's a, a lot violence. Of, yeah, to there's, the animations. Oh, there's a lot of violence in that game. It reminds me <laughs> of Mother Three a lot, um, and how that game handled some of its cutscenes. A lot of unique animations and stuff. Oh. Yeah, good shit. Um, I'm really happy to dig into more of that because I it took me like a couple months and then I was like, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready to love again. <laughs> um, he played Final Fantasy VIII before this one. Wow! I played Final Fantasy VIII before Tactics and Neptunia. You're due for a good one. <laughs> so I I apolo- I started this game and then I apologized to right over Skype. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I think I beat Nep Nep and I was like, I'm sorry. I played this after <laughs> that other fucking game. Right. Right. I remember 
when Tobal number one came out and it had a demo disc for Final Fantasy VII on it. Yep. Which was the bombing mission. I played that and I'm like, that was awesome. But then there were some demo videos and one of them was for Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Tactics. Tactics. It's and like, it's just I this want big that one. orchestral score and then Ugh. it like explodes and then gets all quiet and then you hear like the prelude. I'm like, and I'm just like, what is that? I need that one too. I want that one too. <laughs> So in like three or something years, they made Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy Tactics. Basically, yeah. Like there was just like this real condensed chunk of time where Square Damn. Square was on their A game for a while. Damn. Yeah, I think Parasite you know. Eve was around the same time. Yep. I mean, their whole PlayStation output was kind of ridiculous when it's also like Bushido Blade, um, Ergies. No, not Ergies. What's the Einhander. shoot? Ein- Einhander. Er- yeah, Einhander. And then like... Great fans of Parasite Eve, like Tabal, like they were doing everything. Threads of Fate often gets overlooked. Yeah, that game looks cool. (laughs) I think I can play that on my. All right. Uh (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Rhett, did you? John has a Vita. I I knew that. Oh well, how the fuck did you know? I bought Legend of Mana on a sale, along with like I bought Front Mission Three, both Final Fantasy Ten games. and uh, Tactics and Nine and Parasite Eve 2. Just Front like, Mission all right, let's just play a bunch of fucking Square games. Front Mission 3 is really overlooked. I really like that game. Cool. I think it really does the whole, like, mech RPG thing really well. Cool. And it was the first one localized here, too, I Yeah, think. yeah. So I'm happy to start with that one. It's real good. Cool. That's And then I get to play Final Fantasy X, too, which looks like a great, pretty dress-up game that will make me happy. It'll make you happy. <laughs> Um, it's the Neptunia of Final Fantasy games. Yeah, I'm sure I'd go that far. I've never, I've never played. That. I, I like Neptunia. I thought that I thought I I mentioned I thought we'd mention Final Fantasy X too, and it, it got like a kind of a nice appraisal here. Yeah. Eh. I've never played it, Polly. I don't I don't much care for it. Oh, okay. I thought like, I, think I thought I thought Final Fantasy X was good on its own, and I just mm-hmm. I didn't need any more. Okay. Well, it might be nice to revisit ten anyway, since it's been ages since I played that. That shit came um, out in two thousand one. Yeah. Oh my god. I played it well after that, and it's still been ages since I played that. Yeah. Since I would have been like eight. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, there's a lot of cool shit, and um, and Legend of Mana. So you know, I can probably play like the second best Mana game. That game's after so Final- pretty. After Final Fantasy Adventure. <laughs> Legend of Mana, just don't get your hopes up for, like, you know, in, like, an amazing combat system. It is a very, like, it's a beat-em-up, really. Like, even cool. just, like, it's side-scrolling. Yeah, I saw that about the thing, and that kind of was like, oh, okay. But I, had I, bought, a, I, had I think a... I bought it back when I was like, oh, I, I really got into it when I was like, oh, Kawazu worked on this. Yeah. And now I, I'm like, oh, It's one yeah. of the few Kawazu games that I actually really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Honestly, side scrolling beat 'em up sounds pretty cool for an RPG and probably better than some of my other experiences. And don't worry, it's got some weird ass Kawazu shit in it. Like, what <laughs> the hell? You've got a weird ass world building system and like days that happen over the course of a certain number of in game turns. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I, um, in Final Fantasy XII, didn't he take over after Matsudo left? Uh, and then... uh, I don't think it was Kawazu, was it? Uh, 
Well, that's what, I read Pat's article recently about it, and he pointed out how there's like the ultimate most damaging weapon in the game disappears if you open four specific oh, yeah. chests near the beginning of the game. Yeah, the Zodiac Spear. That's so funny. It's like I, I can't. You can't get mad at that. That's Actually, so. Funny. I think it's. I think it's just one specific chest. If you open it, the Zodiac Spear, you cannot get it. That is so funny. That's great. <laughs> Because fuck completionist nonsense is kind of my thinking. So get stuff that kind of pokes at that urge makes me kind of laugh, yeah. which is maybe mean spirited on my part. But it. But why would you know not to open that chest? That's... You wouldn't. That's the joke. <laughs> but then you wouldn't ever know you're missing the Zodiac Sphere because of it. Yeah, you would because, because everybody else would have the strategy guide. Yep. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, I can't get it now. You'd finally look it up. Yeah, All right, a... what's left is there to do? Oh, I guess I can't get the ultimate weapon. That's NES shit to sell strategy guns, you're right. Basically, yeah. Except you can beat the game without it, so. Yeah. But imagine <laughs> if Final Fantasy VII was like, you can't get Knights of the Round if you did this one thing in Midgar in Disc 1. Like, no. <laughs> stupid, no. but it would be funny. Because no. you also don't need Knights of the Round to beat that no, game. No, absolutely not. And then, like, you get to the well, super bosses, but then also those are kind of stupid. I think the one in Final Fantasy XII takes, like, 12 hours or yeah, something. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's a super boss in Final Fantasy XII that can take, like, 12 hours to beat. So, why are you doing that anyway? <laughs> Maybe post-Undertale. See, that sounds, like a, very, that sounds like a very Kawazu thing of just, yeah. like, hey, here's a boss. Like, yeah, you could probably take it on, and you'll probably lose it nine hours in. <laughs> he should. Sounds like he worked on Final Fantasy Eleven as well. Ouch! Oh yeah, that's that's. What were you gonna say, Rit? Uh, there was a boss in Final Fantasy Eleven, like an MMO thing that oh, yeah. it took people like a day to beat, and then the, 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 they lost because it, it did like the White Mage super move to heal itself to full. Yeah, like oh. fourteen hours in, and like three people quit the game on the spot. <laughs> oh. Oh. God. Fuck that game. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested in how you'll view the Final Fantasy Tactics story because I played I that actually, when it came out. I actually probably, sadly, I already know kind of the broad strokes of um, mm. Ramza and Delita and how their arcs conclude. Um, but even which like, is I just... what Which is what got me into it because everything about how that story of those two characters progresses sounds just yeah. beautiful. <laughs> yeah, But the translation is notoriously bad. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like, confusing I it. as fuck. Mm, okay. I played it at launch, so I was a, a lot younger, obviously, and the translation's bad, so I just remember not ever having any idea what was going on. In and it's game. a dense political drama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the worst possible thing to have a, a shoddy translation and be uh, too young to really comprehend it. And then it. you've got like the War of the Lions PSP version with its Ugh. fake-ass Elizabethan bullshit. Mm. And yeah, like, I had no interest... Worse. It was cheaper. I bought Final Fantasy Tactics for ten bucks, and then the remake was five. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. I did not feel like dealing with that shit. You made the right choice. Um, you know what? It probably it can't make less sense than Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Yep. That's kind. Of, oh, and um, and I saw Deadpool. Yeah. Just, I feel like. If you if the marketing for that movie makes you go, oh no way in hell, then well, see that's the thing. I think yeah. are that's missing a, out on nothing. 
that's You're the fine. thing, though. I think they've marketed it brilliantly. I think the marketing's been funnier than the movie probably is. Yeah, that makes sense. I saw um, the trailers and just went, that looks bad. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah, like, the actual trailers look bad, but, like, the promotional stuff that they've oh, yeah, done, that. like, the billboards and shit, like, those are funny. With, like, the Valentine's Day posters. Yeah, that, yeah that's really, really funny. funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I just thought the trailers looked dull, so I'm probably not going to go see it. It's probably too many serious scenes because they're the ones that really don't work. Mm. And it's just like, uh. And then a lot of the humor is cut is actively mean-spirited and a couple of the jokes are really just ugh. I've heard some real gross stuff coming yeah. out of it. Like it was uh, kind of rapey and I know that there is one specific instance of trans misogyny that's real fucking gross. Yeah. Um, and then uh, but yeah, it's kind of like we're coming out of the galaxy coming out of later like, okay, which movie hated women more? That or the <laughs> galaxy? Or, Wait, <laughs> which really? Movie- was this for and i don't know um yeah that's kind of was our touchstone because guardians of the galaxy we both and i laughed like hell for a lot of deadpool and same with guardians of the galaxy and we kind of came out later feeling really, really bad about then laughing. we felt really bad about laughing There's so much guilt. it's just like oh wait a minute uh, uh, i don't know like obviously we didn't laugh at like the really shitty jokes but there's a lot of jokes that are Kind of mean spirited and, and probably not it, good. In which um, one? In Deadpool and Guardians, oh. like we really enjoyed mm-hmm. both of those. Um, but also, like Guardians is probably is probably better. Um, it's I not our. I just realized I remember nothing from that movie besides the <laughs> raccoon with guns. <laughs> like that was the most just kind of filler in and out for me. I was really into that a little bit and then um we saw it again and then it's like okay and then i something about kind of the marvel and then um i think after avengers after ultron i started being a little more suspicious you know kind of revisiting those movies because that that one really didn't work for me and then um so i'm kind of probably will be approaching the next few ones with more trepidation um and this Dead, deadpool was cool because it was r-rated because it got to be a lot more kind of violent and raunchy than the Marvel movies, which have are very have to have that kind of more universal appeal. Yeah. Is this one part of Marvel's thing? It's it's part of the X Men movies. They reference Days of Future Past. Okay. So Um, it's not it's not the Marvel cinematic universe. Part of X Men. Weird. Yeah. Um wait. They yeah. already had Deadpool in one of the Wolverine movies. They did. It's the same character, and they make jokes specifically about how awful that movie was. Okay, the, cool. <laughs> it's very, it's extremely fourth wall breaking. Like it does the Deadpool thing where it freezes and then he talks directly to the audience, um, and makes sex jokes. And <laughs> weird. Um, one of the first things is like. So is like the camera moves over an image of Ryan Reynolds's cover on top of um, people, the sexiest man alive. And then it shows an open wallet with him as the green lantern. <laughs> and just like, it's a weird ass movie. If you see it and then Anne and I really like asshole Ryan Reynolds just friends. because we both saw the movie just friends a lot as kids uh-huh. and laughed a bunch at it. And then, um, so we were like, oh, Ryan Reynolds being handsome and an asshole. And this is like his passion project from the last 10 years. Okay. Um, 
But if the marketing and the stuff you're hearing is making you go, eh, nah, then you're not, then it's nothing about it is going to be like, nothing about it makes me want to like go, no, no, it's, it's not what you think. Cause it is. <laughs> the fact uh, that it references that Wolverine movie actually makes me interested. Cause that's such a dumb thing to keep around. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes jokes at the expense of you, Jack. It's, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, do you know, do you know what the yeah. other Marvel movie this year is besides Captain America? it's civil war and then what's the other marvel movie it's not thor is it what's the other marvel movie coming out next year this year marvel (laughs) movie because i'm interested i really i'm excited about um civil war Mm -hmm. i was just thinking like we're going to be so exhausted by superhero movies eventually because this year you've got deadpool and x-men from fox you've got Mm -hmm. Captain America Fucking Civil Captain. War and probably another one from Marvel. And then DC's getting in there with uh, Suicide Squad and Marvel and Batman versus Superman. It's just like, oh my God. There's going to be a Gambit movie too. And Suicide Squad and um, Doctor Strange, yeah. Oh, and a Sinister Six movie. What? Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Okay. It's just, they're, they're going real hard on that shit. <laughs> cash in. Yeah. Wow, the cash in's good. I'll tell you one more joke from Deadpool is that the movie freezes after like a really violent impaling and he goes, now I know what you're thinking. My boyfriend told me this was a, su- was a superhero movie, but that guy just fucking shish kebabed <laughs> Well, uh, let me tell you, it's actually, this is actually a love story. <laughs> and that's the end of the first big fight scene. <laughs> so it's dumb and irreverent from the, it's really but... dumb and irreverent and probably gets points for that, but also doesn't get points for being really mean in ways that it shouldn't right um and that's that's what i've been up to ret hi god damn it you better tell me what you've been up to or i'm gonna I've just been, throw this I've, fucking podcast out the window <laughs> i've been up to a lot of shit uh continuing from the brief superhero discussion i saw the new fantastic four movie john have you seen that one no it looked like trash <laughs> yeah so this is like a completely joyless movie. And that's a real bad look for the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't hate it. But then when it was wrapping up, I'm like, oh, man, this is really about to end without anything having happened. Because <laughs> it is literally like one hour origin story before they get their powers. And then nothing like and then like a fight scene. So there is no team dynamic. There's no character growth or arcs. It's just a huge a tremendous amount of setup for like a wimpy fight at the end oh boy i'm just like oh my god and then like the last scene is them sitting like sitting together and being like we should come up with a team name i'm like are you serious like no they don't do that and then they go that was pretty fantastic and then they go fantastic four fuck (laughs) fuck you (laughs) my god so yeah I can't. I didn't hate it. It's just it's joyless. Like it's so dry and mm-hmm. sterile. Mm-hmm. That was like the thing coming out of Deadpool was like, at least this is another flavor of superhero movie that isn't the Marvel flavor. Yeah, that isn't completely fucking dry and joyless, like the um all the uh, DC movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also revisited a bit of The Witness, and. <laughs> 
when we said that game was entirely drawing lines on screens, uh-huh. I'm saying this now because the game has been out for a couple weeks. Maybe people are less sensitive towards spoilers. Uh, there is an extra layer to that game that's not mm-hmm. required, but it's there and it's really neat. Basically, there's kind of an anti-cube equivalent. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it still involves drawing lines. Don't worry. It's, we're not talking <laughs> yeah. about anything too off the wall here. Yeah. But uh, so sometimes like I'll load up that game and just see if I can get any of those. And mm-hmm. I turned on the Soxcast, not the Soxcast, but the, the album listening club. And then I found this set of puzzles that I discovered there was another way to solve them with an additional rule set that would let me get the anti-cube equivalent. Oh my god. So like for like an however long that podcast was, probably like an hour and a half of them you being very kind towards PC Music Volume One. <laughs> I was just redoing these four puzzles with additional rules in mind to get these anti cubes. So it took like a very long time. Oh no. Like ninety minutes and then it felt really great when I was done and like I got them all. That's and really then, cool. And then that totem lit up. Did it, did it so, you with more puzzles? The puzzles are there. You just have to find them. They're everywhere. That that game is so weird. And I can't wait for John to find the thing. Damn it, John! You need to find the thing. Sure I thing. Well, Anne and I went through most of the secret the secret area at the end, where it leads to the secret super duper super true ending. And then we found one puzzle after we blew, just totally breezed through a bunch of them. And then mm-hmm. we got to one that Anna worked on for like 45 minutes and then I th- just actually rage quit just like mm-hmm. I hate this I hate this I hate this take this away turn off the TV computer take this. Uh, you just, maybe go back to it yourself until you find the thing and I think you'll know when you find the thing okay and it will just completely contextualize it in, all, in a way that makes sense no but it's a good puzzle okay oh, okay cool. but, so Jonathan Blow said there's no music in that game because he wanted the music to be diegetic, which is means in playing in the world itself. Yeah. But what about the part where there's music? So maybe if you find some music, you'll know what I'm talking about. That's weird. There's music right before the regular ending. Is there something yeah, that, diegetically okay. creating the music? That Okay, that part does seem like it's cheating a bit. <laughs> Okay. I can't explain that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, like, okay. actual music-ass music that's very, okay. very loud. Okay. If I find any music, I'll let you know. Yeah. So that game's still cool and very, very weird. Mm-hmm. And I did not have the extremely negative reaction to the story that someone on Giant Bomb did. Uh-oh. Oh. Who did? Who did? I think Austin just got really upset about what that story was kind of saying about, like, science versus religion. And, yeah, I, have no was, idea, um... and I have no idea why. Yeah, no, I get that because I was, um, I think he follows, I don't know if he arrived at that on his own, but, um, I follow, I think he follows Andy McClure too, who kind of had a series of blog posts, um, just talking about the psychology behind a lot of the audio logs and a lot of the videos, Mm -hmm. um, just like kind of having this weird rationalist bent, just sort of the, just sort of the neck beardy, um, science will triumph overall, art is blah, Mm. and just... I really honestly like didn't watch most of those videos because they're so long. I watched the first one and it was the worst about that. It was like, like a guy holding up a picture of like the Mona Lisa and a guy and then holding up like a picture of an amino, a photo of an amino acid and saying, this is the truth. This is just a reflection of the truth. I think truth. that's the best one. Oh my 
God. It's probably the best one, but it's also the one that is just... And it's also the one that's, like, the most... Okay, what is this trying to say? Because this is bullshit. (laughs) It's it's a bullshit viewpoint, is what I think. Um, So I think that might be an awesome one. I don't know if we should get into this science versus art discussion here. I didn't take away that that was bullshit. But what is bullshit is that one of the later videos, I think the last one, Mm -hmm. is somebody's GDC talk. What? Yeah, so it's like an hour long. What? And I so I got like 10 minutes in and and I looked at the line. I'm going, oh, this goes on, doesn't it? And I just gave up and I don't think I'm going to go back. God. That's such a weird game. Oh, my God. And then there's the clip of the from the Tarkovsky movie with the guy just walking back and forth holding the candle, um, yeah. trying to get across the thing, which apparently makes perfect sense in the context of that movie. But yeah. <laughs> it's it makes sense why I can say why I say like a lot of that game um, mm-hmm. makes me gives me a gut negative reaction of just like, OK, I don't really want to like you. <laughs> Now, want me to blow your mind? Okay, some of those videos, mind. some of those videos were chosen because they have anti cubes. What? Yeah. Oh my god. So that's why I don't hate some of that stuff because sometimes a thing will happen. You'll go, "Holy shit!" And then you'll get an anti cube, and you're like, "Well, I guess that's why this is here." What the fuck is this game? It's really weird. I'll show. I have to show John some screenshots later because they're really crazy. That's yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, so um, yeah. I finished Neptunia Rebirth three. Hey, that <laughs> game. Uh, heard that game's pretty rad. That game is really, really, really. I rad. loved all the screenshots, really, 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 all the really posts, great. screenshots you posted of people of like four of your friends playing Neptunia at once. Oh yeah. So <laughs> this was just a weird thing. I looked at. Not even just that people are playing it all at the same time, but I looked at on Steam, you can go to like your friend's thing, and it says, like, who's playing what? Most played games among your friend for the last two weeks. And no lie, number one most played game among my friends for the last two weeks. Number one was Neptunia Rebirth 1. Number two was Neptunia Rebirth 2. <laughs> number three was Neptunia Rebirth 3. And I thought, like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Because... It's like everybody's getting into this series like right now. Like John <laughs> played the first one. Raquel played like two and three now. Yeah. Seichi's playing them. Like Pancho Smith is playing them. Zalaz is playing them. I'm like, what is going on? It's just Ashley's- all fucking consuming. Thomas. Yep. Ashley's playing the new one on PS4. So like so my Twitter has just Lucky. It's become Neptunia this week. <laughs> Everyone changed their avatars. Yeah. <laughs> And it's weird because it all can kind of also collided with me finishing the third game being like, yes, I have ascended to super fan of this franchise now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you watch the whole anime and then we're like, I want more. Oh, we're getting to that. <laughs> oh. But, uh, so, yeah, I really, 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 really like Rebirth 3. And then there is a huge post game in this game. that Oh, I had my no God. Idea. So, but it's only accessible after getting the true ending. Yes. For for reasons. Mm-hmm. And I will say I got the normal ending, which is a really bad ending for that game. Mm-hmm. But it also had a thing that made me laugh the hardest out of anything <laughs> so far. Because the normal ending can be either characterized as either the Plutia ending or the fuck Nepgear ending. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I gotta say, really by, hard. 
By the end of that game, I was honestly feeling bad for how bad Nepgear was getting shit on. <laughs> and you didn't even see what I saw. Like, no. Because I DM'd you what had just happened. And yeah. You were like, what? <laughs> yeah, that was just incredible when you told me what. It's like, oh my god. It's like, yeah, I felt bad for her already, but just by how people were constantly taking jabs at her in the Nepgear story. Has- Mastered the badly treated ability. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed every time she learned one of those. It's it's so cathartic after that second game, though. It really is. <laughs> so yeah, the normal ending hates her even more. And then I got the true ending. And it's really sweet and everything. So then you go back to the game and it gives you a cutscene where they're like, hey, we found a treasure map. And then you go to some other places and there's some other events but then you go back to plan neptune and it does the whole like thanks for playing our game thing which all all of them have after you beat them Mm -hmm. so i've got like these three side dungeons and that but then after you do the thank you thing like 15 more events appear yeah because it does the whole (laughs) every dlc character has a cutscene thing yeah, but then on top of that, so I haven't, I haven't even watched all those yet because like sometimes you'll watch one and it just unlocks another, and it just keeps spiraling. Yeah, but then there's a whole extra, basically a whole new chapter that they added for Rebirth Three that wasn't in Victory. Yeah, that takes place after the true ending. Yeah, they hint at this in the prologue that they added. Yeah. So I had no idea about this. So like one of the very first characters you see in the prologue comes back and they have a whole thing and there's a really funny moment where they're like oh what are we going to do about these guys and it just cuts to neptune center the screen by herself with like the shock like the lines behind her like and it says i just realized a thing (laughs) (laughs) they were in the prologue (laughs) like total fourth wall breaking i it's the kind of stuff you love from her yeah, so this whole extra arc also shits all over mobile games. <laughs> Where it's, it's about, like, mobile games are taking over game industry and everybody's turning into zombies who spends their money on <laughs> shitty microtransactions. <laughs> and there's lines like, mobile games don't need gameplay, they just need numbers and stats going up, and we'll just make them pay more to get the good stuff. It's just, it's savage. It's savage. It's it just, like, every worst thought you could ever have about a mobile developer just encapsulated in this chapter of this game. And then, like, the girls are like, well, for our countries, we'll develop our own mobile games. And then, of course, Loi wants no part in that. (laughs) They're like, no, we're we're not getting into mobile. We're out. (laughs) So, like... Wow, that was creepy. That was weird. John's internet's breaking <laughs> up. Is... No, your it's internet. Perfect... Oh. Your internet. Did your internet break. broke up at a really great time. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. So, story-wise, I love this chapter. Gameplay-wise... I could did... not do it. They did an oopsie. Oh, they did a big oopsie. They cranked the difficulty up so that you have to grind yeah. a lot. And... If you want me to record the ending for you, Polly, I will. Absolutely. Yeah, do that. Because, like, the first fight... Actually, when I beat the game, the normal ending, I was, like, Mm mid-60s. And when I beat the true ending, I think I was, like, low-70s level. 
when I beat this extra chapter, I was mid-level, like, around 125 for everybody. Ah. Like, it's fucking crazy. And it was still an extremely hard battle. I had heard somebody say you should get up to, like, 200. I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. But the last boss is so insanely difficult. So I just had to, like, do the whole EXE dump because it's two characters. So once I got one of them dead first i was like okay i can handle this i can do this but it was like i would just come back to that area like every 10 levels and be like nope still getting nope, still not happening yeah luckily they i got symbol destroy which is literally if you hit an enemy with your sword on the field map and if they're weak enough you'll just win the fight automatically yeah so like you can go around and find like a boss that'll give you like six hundred thousand experience but that's so boring just hitting them over and over yeah so I wanted to do it like as low a level as possible. So that's unfortunate. It, it definitely makes me kind of reconsider like how I'm always racking on these games for kind of having shitty dungeons. Yeah. But then that last dungeon's really big, and it's huh. like, oh, this kind of fucks up the pacing, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, wow. it's not really big for RPG standards, but it's, it's really big for cool. a Neptunia game. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I really liked how short all the dungeons were in Neptunia. I think it's not even the length that bugs me; it's just the copy paste. Yeah. Like there, are, there's no reason for Rebirth Three to have the same forest like ten times. Yeah, like, that goddamn could... factory. The factory is iconic now. I don't. Even, it's yeah. the forest that bugs me now because it's so <laughs> lazy. <laughs> the factory's in the anime. I'm not <laughs> surprised. <laughs> Yeah, the post game is it's a hit or miss. Like the cutscene stuff is really great, and the dungeon stuff is just like you know, like this game kind of breaks at high levels. Yeah, because then like the other stuff, the optional like treasure hunt, and then there's another one where like Uni turns into like a phone transceiver for some reason. Like there's light story stuff there, but then then you go into the dungeon and just like I had ten thousand HP, enemy hit me for forty thousand. It's like, oh, this is like a level 900 dungeon, isn't it? Oh, my God. And then, like, the Colosseum stuff opens up, and it's like, here's a battle. And it says, like, recommended 200, recommended 300, recommended 400, recommended 900, 999. Jesus Christ. Like, there's a lot of game there if you want it, but I'm not sure I want that much. (laughs) (laughs) I know somebody that engaged with all of that stuff in the first Rebirth game. Yeah. You yeah. had to buy it in that one, though. Yeah. Because like, in the, the Steam version of Victory, there's only one ninety-nine cent DLC, and yeah. that's so nice. Yeah. So I don't even know if you need that to get this stuff, because it seems so ingrained in it. But that's really nice. And then, like, I was looking at the PSN store for Victory, and, like, a bunch of costumes that are in Rebirth 3 were, like, $2 each. Yeah, that's what that, I thought. I'm like, holy shit. And they're, like, so 2.5 like, million gold in this game. Well, no, that's the funny thing, is that the swimsuits and, like, the school outfits, you can just find in the world in oh. those six dungeons that you need for the true ending. Oh, right, right. So I just started finding them, and I find out that you used to have to pay $2 for those. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's super weird that right at the end of the game, you can start finding alternate costumes for people. But, like, for the entire game, for alternate colors, it wants you to pay, like, more money than you'll ever have. And I don't get that at all. It's super weird. Because even, like, John mentioned earlier how 
the economy in the first game never really breaks. Like, you always have just enough money. Yeah. Even when I finish the million-up quiz and it gives you a million credits. It gives you a million credits. It's just like, this is a pittance of what I need. And I immediately spent all of it on my, on weapons because the next tier of upgrade was one was like 150000 yep. for everybody. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that money's gone immediately. Like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Don't blow it all in one place now. And then, like, IF, little IF's best weapon in the store is like 500000 Yeah. So I had to eventually buy that. She was the healer for me on the final boss. And that I'm was not surprised. Cool. She's actually a really proficient healer. Yeah. And then, like, final boss was super close to dying. And, like, everybody had gone. And then IF just runs up and does her EXE and won the game. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're the best. There you go. But then for the for the super boss, I had to bring in Rom for healing duties because mm. that boss is fucked. Rom is so ridiculous as a healer, though. She has like 75% HP AoE, 75% AoE revival, and then like a move that gives SP to everybody. I never once used Rom or Ram in 2 or 3. What? Never. I Why don't you... like them. Aww. Ram, I get. Like, yeah. fuck her butt. I just in, I didn't like them as characters at all. In Rebirth 2, if you have all four CPU candidates in the party, they have an EXE together. That's, like, really, really good. It's real stupid, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of used them because they were the main characters in that game, too. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's really interesting towards the end of the game. Like, there are so many EXE combinations you can do in in rebirth three yeah where it's just like man like i'm set no matter how i spin these characters around because like neptune will have combos with like everybody and pishi and plutia yeah and then noir has one with plutia as well so i got to use my favorite characters is basically what i'm saying and then everything seemed effective that's that's always fun yeah we can you like and pishi punches stuff real good yes she does her combo with neptune is like a hundred thousand a punch at the level I was at, I'm like, yep, that's that's nice damage. It's and still pittance on that fucking DLC boss. That's bullshit. Jesus on. Christ. Record that final boss, too. I don't think I can, because I beat it. Uh, gotcha. But, uh, so after finishing this, I wanted more nap. Even though I was sick of the game part, I still wanted more nap. And <laughs> I, watched, I watched the anime... Remember, I remember you watched the first couple of episodes shortly after we started mm-hmm. doing this podcast, and it was real gross when, and awful. When did we start the podcast? August of 2014. No, see, I think I think I'd already watched it because the the anime is from 2013. Oh, is it? Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, so this is what John I was talking about to John earlier when I said like I'll go through my history with the series, and my history with the series is that. First game came out, seemed like it was going to be cool, and then it sucked. And I was like, oh, well, this is trash, and I will write it off. Yeah. Then a couple of years later, the anime came out, and I was like, I'm going to watch this because I expect it to be bad and trashy. So, like, I went in with a very negative outlook on it and basically got what I wanted out of it, where I was like, yes, I think this is dumb and trashy, and I stopped watching after, like, halfway through the second episode. Yeah. So rewatching it now in a very different context. And even when I played Rebirth 1, like I was in Chapter 2 being like, this game is kind of dumb and trashy, but I'm starting to break a bit. Maybe yeah. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and then by the end of that game, I'm like, yep, Nep's awesome. Yeah. I was wrong. 
I mean, that was my that was my arc too. Yeah. Especially, especially in the context I was playing. Boy, John, you sound real different when you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I think the internet's getting really bunky. I'll be quiet. Sometimes. Yeah. Sorry. So, I really, really like the anime now. Even those first two garbage episodes. I think it makes a lot more sense once you know those characters Mm -hmm. because the anime really doesn't work as something as a standalone because it moves so fast. Like that, that first episode has to introduce like 20 characters. Yeah. And it just doesn't really work. And there's little like Easter eggs in the background for fans. Like all of the, um, the oracles appear. Oh, wow. You you see, is it Mina? K and who's uh, the other one? I forget. Uh, Arika? I don't know, but you see them in the background, even though they don't say anything. They're they're there, and I go, "Oh, that's neat." And then, like the very first shot of the anime is Mage's Dato. Wow. Yeah. So like stuff like that that I totally never would have gotten when I watched it in 2013 because I was just like, I don't know, CPUs or something, big boobs. <laughs> And the first episode even has Ray appear super quickly. Wow. Where she, she hands a flyer to IF and Kampa and then runs away. So it's like a three-second shot. Wow. But it's like, oh, man, they're, they're digging deep for some of these references. Yeah. But then, so after the first couple episodes, the anime basically turns into an action show. Uh-huh. Where the majority of the show is like them fighting in the CPU forms. So it's almost... I was thinking it's like it's kind of like Nanoha or Strike Nanoha Witches. A's, yeah. Where the second season is basically just here. It's just pretty girls doing Dragon Ball Z stuff. Yeah. So it definitely had that more kind of modern right. magical girls, but with an action bent to it. Gotcha. So, and the big biggest change in the anime is that the girls can fly when they're in their CPU forms. Oh, so, well, that kind of makes sense, really. Yeah. Because they kind of have wings, and it's, it makes the action make more sense. Yeah. And they also do the cutest thing, because Plutia is in the anime, but they never want her to transform. <laughs> so they just carry her around while they're flying, and it's oh, super wow. adorable. Because they're just hanging her, they're just like dangling her down. And she's like, I can transform if you want. And they're like, no! Don't eat that! <laughs> the only thing I've, the only clip I've seen from the anime is um, Iris Hart's introduction, for some oh. reason. That's such a good scene. Yeah, actually, somebody showed me that scene as well. I thought it was actually pretty funny. They That scene is amazing because they do her attack with the doll from the game and, like, kind of make it work in the anime. Yeah. <laughs> just stomping on it, and they're, like, <gasps> shocked. Yeah. Like, there's not damage numbers, but there could have been, and it would have been really funny. It would have been, had. yeah. Like, that, that had to have, like, how could you not have had that gag at least somewhere in that show? Why would you be so mean to IF, Chan? Oh, no. So the anime is weird, though, because the storyline-wise, it's, like, totally different. It looks like a grab bag of but everything. It's, yeah, it's very much a grab bag of, like, memorable scenes from the game. Yeah. Where, like, the second episode has CWF Trick, I think, was the big one with the tongue. Uh, yeah, he shows up and he kidnaps Ramen Ram, and it's really a whole gross. thing. They beat I, the shit out of him. I can see why you would quit halfway into that episode. This is the funny thing is, I actually quit before. You got I quit like halfway through that episode, and I think I quit because I'm like, I don't remember any of this in the second half. 
because then he gets his, obviously, and then Blanc is sorry for being a jerk to them. Yeah. Ram, Ram is such a piece of shit, though. She's such a brat. <laughs> like, like even more so in the anime? I think more so in the anime. Wow. I mean, she barely has any screen time. It's just like that one episode. Right. But then they go into a whole, like, Rebirth 2 arc where the CPUs get captured and Nepgear becomes the protagonist for an episode. Oh, no. Worst episode ever. And I think they do a better job in 20 minutes of giving her an arc and resolve than maybe all of Rebirth 2. Well, yeah, because Rebirth 2 spent 50 hours doing it. It didn't really change her by the end. No, not at all. But there's that... So... In Rebirth 2, correct me if I'm wrong, could the CPU candidates transform at the start of the game? Uh, I honestly don't remember. I think they could, or at least Nepgear could. So in, in the anime, they can't, and they use that as kind of a signifier of personal growth. I so, there's, so there's a real cool moment when Nepgear first transforms and like what her resolve for doing that is. Okay, see, so that, like, like, that, that would have been real important. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this this actually worked. I don't dislike Nefgear quite as much after this. Like, you know, like, they could have honestly maybe have strung that along in the game. Like, her inability to transform and her inability exactly. to kind of step out of her sister's shadow. To have that moment of resolve near the end of the game where she finally does it. Like, they could have gone that way with her character. And I, I think they would have totally made me fall for her. I think that totally would have pissed people off from a gameplay perspective, though. If she it probably would have, but so the, you the have problems. other characters in that story that could solve that need, that could mm-hmm. satiate that need. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, yeah. if that would have gone the way to making Nepgear's character a stronger character in the end, I would have totally been on board with having a CPU that could not transform until yeah. like halfway through the game when you get access to those other characters again. That would have been that would have been cool. You're right. I think. Maybe halfway would have been a good balance there. Yeah. So then, after that, in the anime, it basically turns into, like, Reverse Rebirth 3, where Pishi comes to their universe. Oh. And then then Plutia follows her. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So instead of Neptune going into a universe with them in it, they come to her universe, the hyperdimension. Oh. Oh. So it's really weird. Yeah. And then... Uh, I'm not sure how to word it. Like, they hit major, major story beats from Rebirth 3. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how they pulled it off in, like, two episodes, but they do a whole Eden arc. Wow. And then, right after that, they go into the character who is the final boss of Rebirth 3. Holy And do shit. an arc about them. Which, that one in particular feels really rushed, but... But that's because they spent an entire game building that character. Yeah. So the Seven Sages aren't in the game specifically, but a lot of them individually are. Yeah. Like, um, what's the little girl? Protector? Uh, R, R something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I can't remember. Gathunk. Is Gathunk. In it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's her and thing. And she does that where she slams open doors and it's really silly. Yeah. <laughs> so they do a whole Eden arc and then they go into the final boss of Rebirth 3. And it's just, it's a lot of fighting. Yeah. It's... I was thinking by the end of the game, like, not end of the anime that boy it feels like purple heart has been in the anime more than neptune (laughs) so then it kind of ends without a thing being resolved oh no and i'm like oh what happened to plutia and pishi basically oh no so then there was an ova episode that came on the dvds Uh uh-huh and the first shot of that is net gear holding a magical sword 
in, a, oh. in like a big red field facing off Neptune. Oh, no. And I, and I go, oh, God, are you guys just going to do the the conquest ending as a bonus episode? No. And they totally don't. It's oh, a wow. It's a total oh. fake out. It's a nightmare oh. Nepgear is having. <laughs> That's pretty oh, sad. The bonus episode is finally Neptune going back to the mega dimension to meet the other CPU candidates and then Pishi and Plutia show up again. <laughs> and then so they conclude the Pishi arc in a satisfying way, which I was really glad they didn't forget about that. That's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, because that, that, that friendship is too adorable. Yeah, they it's, are so goddamn cute. It's, it's too... Pishi and Neptune's friendship is too too damn adorable for words, and they go so many good places with it in the game that it's just like, man, that's some that's some of my shit. That's some <laughs> oh, that's hard hitting stuff. Yeah. So somehow, despite like none of the things really lining up to how the game works, mm-hmm. those universes kind of end up in the same place as the game by the end. That's kind of fucking brilliant. And I had no idea it was going to do that. That's pretty brilliant. So, I would give the anime a thumbs up for fans of the series, because it (laughs) really doesn't make sense if you don't have that groundwork. don't have... Yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised, and like, a bonus that the the uh, the anime uh, as it's been released in the West is actually dubbed by the game's voice actresses. So, like, if you're familiar with those voices, like I am, might be something you want to check out. You know, they get to actually continue exercising their vocal chops with those characters, whereas cool. stuff like the Persona anime and stuff did not oh, have the original nice. English cast, and it kind of just doesn't feel right listening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. The voice actors for Vert couldn't do the new game. And that bums me out because I really liked her actress. Aww. For who? Vert. Oh, yeah, that is sad. Bert. Very better. Um, Raquel said Noir's voice actress gets a little better in the next games. Kind of, but she still has like, like I just don't I don't like her voice in CPU form at all in the English uh, the English dub. Yeah, the I'd... CPU. The CPU. It's way is too weird. forced and haughty. Yeah, Wait, it's... really. She it's sounds re- the same in Japanese. It's real bad in yeah. English. It's not good. I don't like her CPU forms voice at all. Yeah, I agree. I've noticed they're just not really consistent about that stuff in general. Even in Japanese, where like I swear Uni's voice in the third game, at transformed is completely different than in Rebirth Two. Where she gets real deep as well in CPU form. Oh, well, she's taking lessons from Big yeah. Sister there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to apply logic to these games. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. I don't think they do either. No. <laughs> so that's your Neptunia corner. And yeah. <laughs> I really want those spinoffs to come to Steam already, so I can be like, "Oh no, this is bad." But <laughs> I want to have faith. Mm-hmm. That there will at least be something salvageable and fun about uh, Hyper Devotion Noir and uh, Nep Action U. Like, I like strategy games, and yeah. even if it's the lightest of strategy games, I can probably enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Action U looks like just brainless, hacky, slashy fun, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with that too. Because it's yeah, going to be think... a, a very long time 
if we ever even actually see uh, Mega Dimension on uh, Steam, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, if we're going by, you know, the basis of what they're porting from, we're probably more likely to see Sega Hard Girls than we are um, Mega Dimension this year, I would say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's tricky. Don't you cause... have a PS4, Rhett? I do, but $60 games, come on. Okay, yeah, that's fair. $60 plus, they're going full hog DLC on that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there's, like, nightgowns you can buy for, like, a dollar. <laughs> and how do you fucking market the game with Umio and not have him be a playable character day goddamn one? Uh, he's DLC, but he's not even available yet. Uh, That's the silliest part, is you can't even get him if you want. And uh, Ashley said, like, based on the Japanese schedule for DLC, it could be, like, two months. Holy which is shit. freaking nuts. What? For an RPG, I, that's kind of crazy. I've heard New Game Plus is actually better in that one. That would be kind of cool. I don't know how. I just heard it is. Mm-hmm. Someone saying, like, they hated New Game Plus in the Rebirth games. For good reason, because it's totally boring. Yeah, it's boring. There's no but, real point. But somehow it works in the new one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I really like Umio's design. <laughs> he's fucking adorable he's, he's anime really seaman exactly that's the that's <laughs> the funniest thing is that he's seaman which is just the creepiest fucking looking game character ever but the thing and i love reinterpret him the thing that i love about it is that like they added a male character to this all-female cast and he's a, a complete gentleman and he's a fish yes i love that i think that is the best thing they could have done <laughs> No, wait a minute. There have been male characters before, like Mr. Bad. Playable well, ones, though. Playable. We'll go oh, with playable. Oh, right. Mr. Bad, we're like, we, you know, we, we, we <laughs> saved Mr. Bad for Samurai Karasu. That's, that's his husband. When's <laughs> <laughs> playable Warechu? <laughs> yes! Please! Actually, who, is the, who is the villain who is really into Blonde in the first game? Uh, He's there for most of it. He serves R4. Did <laughs> you just mean like the generic guards? No, no. There was like a main. Oh villain. right, the brothers. Oh yeah. No, no, no. The brothers are all. The brothers are not explicit villains. There's a guy that lures you into the factory like three times. It's not Mr. Bad. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Okay. I just don't remember his name. Yeah. That's okay. Bell characters. Those, ga- those games start to run it together for me. <laughs> I, I, I do want to say, though, back to Rebirth 3 for a bit. I actually really like the villains in that game. Like, they, they go through a great arc together. They How they're just such a dysfunctional family. They're a dysfunctional well, family. Amazing. They need each other. And a couple of them go through very funny changes over the course of the game. Um, the, the big dude. Copy-paste yeah, copy became, became, like, my favorite by the end. Copy-paste is freaking awesome. And and even Mr. Yeah, Bad a... is redeemed. Mr. Oh. Bad has a good arc. He has a fantastic <laughs> arc. Despite his name. Yes. It's really good. I do like towards the end when like that organization is just collapsing. It's like the seven sages are just two people now. Like what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and I also do like really like that the villains don't die this time. Yeah, they just because in Rebirth 2, like, they were all kind of robots and they just all died. And it was like, oh. So mm-hmm. they, they're not murderers in this game. And I think that's R4, pretty important. Apparently R4 is bad again in the second game. Yeah. Luckily, it's a different dimension. So it's, it's a different okay. dimension. So. I know. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, the series does have a bit of a problem of not being able to get over her as a villain. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's kind of the thing in the second game. It's weird. The deity of sin. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and that really does shit on the ending of Rebirth 1 as well. <laughs> it's unfortunate. But... Oh, what you gonna do? Yeah. Um, I played other games besides Neptunia. Oh, did you? Mind you? if we take a um, very quick break? I just, um, the dog is eyeing oh. by the door. I think he's gonna shit in the okay, house. Okay, okay. Go, go, go. <laughs> okay, I'll be right back. Okay, so um, <laughs> I played other games besides Neptunia. Did you? Hey, Polly, have you played Burnout Paradise? Uh, yeah, yeah. D- do you like Burnout Paradise? That was all right. Like, that was all right. Oh, you're not one of them super fans. I'm not a super fan of it, but I, I kind of preferred the more closed track kind of stuff of the first couple oh, of you're Burnout one, games. You're one of those Burnout fans. Well, um, f- yeah. well, fuck it. This segue doesn't work at all because Need for Speed Most Wanted is not Burnout Paradise. Oh. Even though it's made by Criterion and has a lot of the outward looks of being another Burnout Paradise, it's really not that game. So you weren't taken down to Paradise City? Nah. Well, I like this game, but I went into it with the weird mindset that it was going to be kind of like Burnout Paradise, and it's really not. Uh Um, So this is free on Origin right now. Remember that thing? EA's attempt to get a PC market? I I remember that when I played Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Um, so the thing about this game is it's one of those games where it gives you a tutorial, but it doesn't tell you how to really play the game. Because oh. early on, I was having a lot of trouble with this game, like just losing this one race over and over. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of looked up tips online. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And the thing was that every race you unlock upgrades for each car. And every car, the the easiest race, the first one, Unlocks Nitro if you get first place. That's oh. pretty important. Yeah, that's that. probably something you want to tell the player. And the other thing they don't tell the player is that every time you crash another car, like get a takedown, yeah. and every time you go through like the repair shop, your Nitro fills up to full. And they don't tell you this. They don't tell you that. That's so, a really big community. That, that's something you want to communicate. Yeah, so... Once you realize that, and you're being much more liberal with the Nitro and, like, intentionally taking down other cars to fill it back up, like, it becomes a very different game. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually a pretty good racing game. Actually pretty similar to Burnout Paradise. Yeah, the the the, uh, the Nitro is not nearly as fucking fast as in Burnout Paradise, though. Because this is also structured much more like kind of a need for speed racing game where the roads are really curvy and you actually have to brake and stuff. Uh. So, like, if you get a good straightaway, but... So, yeah, it's a very challenging, interesting racing game that I'm actually kind of liking. And every car has its own upgrades that you have to unlock by racing it. So it's very focused on what car you're driving because it's got all these licensed brands in it. And the interface is kind of garbage because you have to, like, manually drive to each race and switch cars. And, like, cars are located in certain areas of the world and you have to go and find them in the open world. 
It's a lot of bullshit. Boy, that sounds like pat. That sounds like padding for playtime. Yeah. It's just like I don't know how modern games sometimes get away with the interfaces they do, where it's like you can open up a map and it'll show you the races you've unlocked before, but like you might not even be able to teleport to them from that screen. It's just like kind of a mess. But the actual racing part, I got real mad at this game at the start. But once I got past that hurdle of kind of understanding how to really play it. I'm actually enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I saw you throwing a hissy fit on Twitter about it. Because <laughs> the last Criterion Racing game I played was Need for Speed. Oh, God. One um, of them. The previous one. The Hot Pursuit, I think. Hot Pursuit, yeah. Because I think they, they literally reuse titles now. So it's really hard to... Because there was... This is the second most wanted game on the 360. Yeah. Like, there was another game in 2005, I think, called Need for Speed Most Wanted. They reused the title. <laughs> They're just... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the previous one I played was just too goddamn difficult for me to get anywhere. Because the cops in this are still really goddamn annoying when they just fly out of nowhere and hip-check you. Because <laughs> crashing in this game is like a death sentence where it sets you back like three seconds. It's just like, well, I'm not going to win now. Yeah, no chance. And especially when... So, the fucking AI really rubber bands in this as well, which is kind of bullshit. And the cop AI rubber bands way harder... Oh, good. Like, so some of the missions I just like basically don't even do now because it's you have to escape the cops, and it's like, how am I going to escape a fucking rubber band? Yeah, good point. So sometimes it's just like, okay, do I just intentionally cause them to crash into a roadblock, do a U-turn, and go the other way to get away from them? Like, I don't really understand how to do those effectively. But the races are good, even That's though it's good. super frustrating when like. You finish a race at like 3 minutes 30 seconds and you're like, well, I could have done that better because I didn't win. And then you finish at 3 minutes and 15 seconds and you were still just behind that car in the lead because the way the AI it's works. balancing itself to always yeah. be really close. So it's like, then I finish at 3 minutes 7 seconds and I'm still right behind them. It's like, well, what the fuck do you want from me? Because like, if you screw up towards the end of a race, like you're just, you're just you're you're done. done. Because you won't ever have a lead because of the rubber banding. It's, yeah, yeah. It's complicated. But it does feel good to race once you stop crashing into everything. That's good. My first hour of this game was just like realizing you can't really graze anything like you can in Burnout because you'll just go into the crash cam. Yay. Because it's really sensitive. And then Not, not quite as liberal. Yeah, finding cars that I don't hate the handling on is cool as well. I actually have, like, a list written down of, like, what I think of each car so far. It's <laughs> like, well, this one is total garbage. Like, there's a go-kart. I'm like, this seems fucked. <laughs> the other thing is that, like, each car has its own races and unlocks. But for the main progression of the game, the most wanted, you can use any car. So it's like, why am I going to use a truck for this race? Because I'm racing against like a Ferrari or something. Yeah, like, like that. You got to use your best shit for those. Yeah, it's, it's weird. So that's it's free on Origin right now. I, maybe it still is. It might not be anymore. I think they go on a monthly cycle, so yeah. it's probably still free. But the site is like they could change out any time. You never yeah. know. They don't want to know. But uh, that's that game. And cool. then I got a fix in. I loaded up Northern Lions channel. Uh-huh. I watched some videos and I go, oh, man, I could really go for some of that Isaac right now. <laughs> and I looked at my Steam wallet and it had like 10 bucks in there. And I said, well, 
that means it's only really going to cost me six bucks to buy the whole thing. Oh, dip. You did what I think you did, didn't you? So I bought that Afterbirth with the original game on PC. I want you to keep this southern inflection for the rest nah, of the episode. I, I don't even know where that came from. Because now you're aware <laughs> of it. Shit. Got you a hankering for some I'm of that I'm the most southern guy. I've never even been to the south. <laughs> I live in New Hampshire. We're at the top. <laughs> That's as far from the south in the U.S. as you can get. Anna says I have like a southern inflection thing that pops up every now and then. I Y'all. don't know. Y'all. 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 Y'all, okay. I consciously adopted that because I wanted to stop saying guys. You guys. <laughs> actually. So, I was born in Oma, Georgia. So you're doing... I have started fresh in Isaac. You're doing Isaac from the top again. So here's the thing. Afterbirth makes that way faster. Yeah, it kind of does. And I think, as well, being good at the game, obviously, makes yeah, it yeah. faster as well. But there are things about Afterbirth that are just fucking crazy if you haven't played the game before. Like, Greed Mode doesn't seem to care about unlocks, as far as I can tell. It's weird. Like, it definitely does not care about what bosses you have unlocked. No, not at all, no. Because I've seen stuff like Steve and, and the Angels in there. Yeah. Even though specifically not having them unlocked in the main game. Mm-hmm. And I think I got Money as Power in there, and I don't have that unlocked in the main game. So I don't know what's going on with that. That's And weird. just in general, like, Greed Mode seems extremely good for some challenges early on. Did you get like, Chaos? Because that's I've an item. Chaos, yeah. Chaos randomizes all the item pools. Mm-hmm. So. I've seen that a lot, yeah. So that could have, like, if you picked that up, that might have been what just threw it in, threw it into your item pools. Oh, that's that's weird. So yeah, it feels like that game has an accelerated arc now because some of the new items that show up as like stat boosts are really good. Yeah, like PJs is just four spirit hearts. Yeah, like that's really good for something just after a boss. Binky is a pretty good upgrade too. Yeah, that's size down and tears up. Yep. Anything that tears up is like, yep, yeah, the best. Yeah. And then, like, uh, what's the other one? Mr. Dolly seems Mr. really Mr. Dolly, yeah. There's a baby transformation you can get by getting cool. two or three. I think it's two out of the three items mm-hmm. you can turn into a baby. Cool. I haven't seen that yet. So, yeah, Greed Mode is also good for stuff like kill all the bosses in this floor to unlock the hard variant. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would actually really. I never yes. thought like because I've already had that stuff unlocked. <laughs> I never really thought of how having an accelerated pace would make. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's super awesome. weird, like going into a clean save file and then just going into greed mode and seeing so much stuff so quickly, yeah. and then having like all the new enemies to show up in waves and being like, "Wow, I'm kind of spoiling it myself here, huh?" Yeah, yeah, just a bit. The other thing that's super weird is that. In, what was the second expansion, Wrath of the Lamb? Yeah. Like, when you bought that for Vanilla Isaac, it just had the new floors right away. But in after in Rebirth, like, the seller and the other variants, they had to be unlocked. Yeah. But then you buy Afterbirth, and you have the new variants unlocked right away. Yeah, the flooded basement, the burning basement, things like that. So it's so weird having, like, basement and burning basement, but not seller. Yeah. At the start. That's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Just so I'm seeing the new variants like so much because it's only pulling from 102 instead of 3. There's a guy that uh, streams with Northern Lion and mm-hmm. um, 
he spent the first year of Rebirth making a very conscious effort to not unlock the cellar. <laughs> yeah. So that so that he could get real platinum god that way. So that he wouldn't ever have to deal with like the harsher unlocks while having to suffer through the cellar. That's real funny. <laughs> and then he accidentally unlocked it. <laughs> what and is the unlock for that one? Is it? I think it's just bosses? Uh, beat all of the bosses uh, in the basement. Yeah. Well, that's that's not a real good thing to avoid then, because then you're still restarting a run if you see a certain boss. Yeah, yeah. But he did not want to play in the cellar that much. <laughs> That's really silly. But then it's also super weird when, like, my first time in the womb on uh, this game, my first time getting in the womb, <laughs> it, w- it was the scarred variant. And that's just oh, kind yeah. of a weird way to see that area for the first time. It's really weird. Kind of gross. And then stuff like boss rush, like seeing stuff I might not have unlocked, like, right away is weird. Like all of, like, the new different variants of boss yeah. rush that there are. Yeah, so it just feels very accelerated. And then there's other things like you can now use the sacrifice rooms to get to Mega Satan. Yeah, you've got to have a shit ton of health to do it, though. So my last run, I I did have the negative unlocked, mm-hmm. but not having 10 mom kills. So I don't have the guaranteed stuff at the end to go uh-huh. to the later floors. So I kill mom's heart. Nothing happens. Mm. I'm like, well, I'm going to go over to that sacrifice room and <laughs> shove myself on them spikes. I got, I had 12 like spirit hearts because I had yeah. dark bump with me. Yeah. So I do it. It gives me a bunch of spirit hearts back and then teleport to the dark room. Mm. I skipped over Shoal. The dark, go to the dark room, kill the lamb, go back and kill Mega Satan. Holy shit. So I did that with eight mom kills. Like it's so wow. weird. Wow. That's fucking incredible. That like I'd never thought. I never thought of like what that shit would look like from a fresh save file. It's super weird. The other truly remarkable run I had was that I forget who I was playing as. It wasn't important, but I was really trying to get to boss rush for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I get into boss rush and there's only two items there. And one of them I haven't seen before. Uh Oh, it's this kind of a circle thing, kind of Brown. I'm like, well, that's new. I'll take it. It's fruitcake. (laughs) Fruitcake. Now, that kind of broke the game. Yeah, it can. And also extremely strange to see from the perspective of someone who hasn't played the game before. Yeah. Because the first thing it starts doing is shooting out godhead shots. Yeah. (laughs) And it just completely fucking annihilated boss rush. Because I also had, like, really fast tears on this run. Nice. So I had fast tears and then that for damage, and it just... Just red. So I'm like, is Afterbirth just completely broken? Because this was like my second run or something of the full game. And I just fucking mopped the floor with everything. I'm just like, so is this game just totally broken now? And I guess the answer is no, because I have had probably more difficult runs than Cakewalk since then. Yeah. But... But you're running up against a lot of the cool new stuff, and like you're experiencing some, th- some things at a very rapid pace. Yeah. So I can see how like how some of like the, you know, having such like you've got like what 14, 15 hours in it now since you got yeah. it. So like you're seeing all this stuff in such a short span of time that it kind of just seems mm-hmm. like Afterbirth is broken. Yeah, it's weird. Because it's like, did they just make everything? unlocked right at the start in afterbirth like do i even have to unlock the new stuff but 
I've been doing greed mode, and then obviously there's unlocks from there. Yeah. But then I'm getting those so quickly. It's like, okay, I got Lusty Blood. What is that? I haven't even seen all the new stuff from the game yet. Lusty Blood's real good. Is it? I didn't. I couldn't tell what it did. I did actually find it. It um it works the opposite of what Samson's actual bloody lust does. So like basically, uh, you start getting uh damage ups for every enemy you kill in every room, nice. and then and then it disappears after the room's over. Oh, so it's per room, okay. Yeah. So like, if you get like most bosses are spawners. Oh. You can really just go nuts with with your damage with nice. that lusty blood. Cool. I've noticed my problem with some of the new items is that I'm overanalyzing what they do. Because with lusty blood, I was like trying to run over the blood smears that enemies left behind. Because oh. I'm like, okay, I need to get the blood, right? That's that's the thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, it just seems to be. I could tell it was like damage as I killed stuff. I didn't know it was per room. Yeah. But then like I found milk. And yeah, it's just normal milk. The description is don't cry over it. Yeah, don't cry over it. So I get hit. It drops the milk on the ground. So I intentionally run back and start shooting the tears start shooting over tears it. Because it. I'm going, okay, I need to shoot over it. Or I need to cry over it. So I'm standing on it, crying over it, going, I'm like, this isn't doing anything. Turns out you're it's overthinking just, it, it. Yeah, it's, it's just the tears up. Yeah. I do. I do look it up when I'm like, I have no idea. So, and boy, that uh, that super greed fight is pretty fucked, huh? It really is. It's nuts. It it's takes, so long. Oh my god, it takes way too long. Like, I had, I had a run that actually worked out, but I didn't think it was going to. I took chocolate milk pretty early on in greed mode. Yeah. And then I realized the last thing I want to do is have to fight <laughs> super greed while tapping really fast the entire time. Yeah. But then I got like every damage up like every item was a damage up wow and then i got spider mod as well so i could see my actual damage how much damage you were doing yeah. so like my charge shots were doing like 570 yeah which is pretty good but not good enough for greed but no. like my regular tapping as fast as i could was doing like 100 like that damage starts shooting way up so I'm that like, this is yeah. way better for that's just... way more dps yeah so i was just fucking mashing on him for like five minutes my first time fighting Super Greed, I beat him with, like, half a heart. It yeah. felt so good. That That's about how my first Ultra Greed fight went. It was just like, well, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. And then you amazingly do. And then you've got th- that crazy hush fight. I haven't seen that yet. It's... There's one thing left. You're, you're going you're gonna to like hush. Yeah. Is Mega Satan the one that only gives babies for completion? Yeah, I think so. Okay, because I beat, I have a Mega Satan kill already, and it was on hard mode, and it goes, you unlocked Yellow Baby. I'm like, oh, okay, it's this guy yeah. that doesn't actually unlock anything important. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But yeah, like, since d- you're more adept at the game now, and you're able to tackle it in hard mode without any, like, you know, you're going to get your unlocks real fast. Yeah, I've actually been playing on normal just because there was no advantage to playing on hard yet without the negative or the polaroid but once i get those it's all hard mode baby yeah i just i would just play hard mode like that's the advice i would give anybody Mm -hmm. starting the game now is like just play hard mode the only thing you're really going to suffer for is you're not going to get as many consumables that's it is that really it now that's really it and you fight more champions that's really it yeah yeah they don't feel that different anymore at all no they're not 
Because I remember, wasn't it, there was, like, no consumables at the start. It was horrible. That was a problem. Like, that was, like, they, they, that was something they didn't really bother testing when they were initially testing the game, is that hard mode, hard mode, like, barely gave out any keys or money at all. So now it's, like, just a little under what you would get on normal, and, like, the... It's very, very, very rare that you'll get uh, two spared hearts out of a tinted rock, and you'll mostly just get one now. Things yeah. like that. I've noticed tinted rocks seem to be way rarer now. They can be, yeah. I haven't seen many of them. And I know what to look for, like the little X. The little X, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's one other thing I was about to say, but I forgot. Um, yeah, I guess we can move on. That's yep. it's Isaac. All right, all right. So as I mentioned last episode, we are retiring... Our early access segment. It was. It, it gave us a good what? run. Is it released now? You yeah. released it. We finally released it. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> uh we're we're retiring the early access segment for a new segment. This is a segment I like to call Butt Steam. Raniac seemed to really <laughs> like the name anyway. It's like uh, a fart. <laughs> it it is like a oh. fart. And you want to know why it's like a fart? It's because, it's because of the dumb shit that people post online in regards to video games. It's just a gigantic fart. So this started as an idea of just trawling the, uh, the Steam forums to find the dumbest possible posts that we could and just reading them. Because why not? Sometimes idiocy needs to be put on display. Um, <laughs> and if you happen to be online... Uh, and you look around and you find something just so incredibly dumb that it breaks your brain, and you think other people need to hear this, you shoot that off to Polly at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net, and I'll uh, review those on a weekly basis, and um, we'll, we'll read them here. So if you want to contribute, that's that's how you can contribute to this segment. Um, uh, and they can be from any game forum that you happen to be on, stuff like NeoGAF, Steam forums are just ripe for picking for some of the dumbest shit you will ever hear um so uh i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to kick off this segment with uh a a brilliant little uh selection from the tales of symphonia forums over at steam uh now as you may or may not know this game launched at a pretty shoddy state it's mm-hmm. a typical Namco Bandai, completely busted, doesn't work for a lot of people, features missing, it only runs at 30 frames a second, 720p. I don't care about that crap, but, you know, that's just some of the stuff people... But it's generally agreed upon that it's a very bad port. Like, they've, like, it's so bad that they've used, like, open source graphics for, like, button prompts and stuff, and then, oh, like, no. and they forgot to replace half of them. So some of them are still displaying, like, GameCube prompts or something. It's really weird. Oh, no. Um, but what we have here is a post from our good pal over at the Steam Forum's Clumsy Assassin. Uh, and this is what he has to say in regards to people <laughs> complaining about the port. <clears throat> here is all the things wrong with this. Number one. 720p, who cares what your big boy fix it in the files or some shit or deal with it? I don't even know what he's trying to say with that one. (laughs) Number two, Undertale had no mouse support and it was one of the best games ever. He's not wrong. Not a problem. Stop crying about this. It is from a weak PS3. What did you expect? And the development team is a console developer for the most part. 
Number four, poor image quality. Should you say this, you Claude? This is anime in 3D. Deal with it. It looks great. <laughs> it looks great for being released in what, 2010? Number five, crashing. Get a better PC. <laughs> this is yeah. this next one's my favorite. <laughs> Hold on. It's my favorite. It's my favorite right here. <laughs> Number six, broken text in French. It wasn't made for France. <laughs> That's my fucking favorite. <laughs> Number Who seven even lives in France. <laughs> Number seven, bad startup. Once again, get a better PC. <laughs> Number eight, long loading times on Windows 7. Upgrade, damn it. Windows 7 is years ago. <laughs> Number nine, more than them. Play more than 0.4 hours before you start to hate on a game. Play it for at least a few hours before you crap on it into the story and try to have... What are you saying? <laughs> and try to have fun before looking at it and settling it and setting it on fire. So that's... Uh... So our good friend, uh, clumsy, <laughs> clumsy assassin, giving us the breakdown on uh, why people really shouldn't be getting up in the air about uh, PC uh, ports. about a PC port of Tales from Symphonia that is pretty much a, a piece of garbage. His avatar is of Sheena from that game, by the way. Uh, emphasis on the boobs, of course. Oh. Like you would expect oh. anything less. Are you sure it's not Shin Maraku? Oh my god. <laughs> that guy. That guy still posts on NeoGAF. You see him in the Diddler Live threads. Oh my god, really? I'm not yeah. fucking surprised. Wait, who? Is it someone on the SNS forum? No. Okay. No, someone it's a, from PSO it's World. someone from PSO World who's a weird, like... I He's think, the world's biggest Vert fan. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think boobs are great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I have no problem with boobs whatsoever. This guy, it's just like every other word out of his mouth is boobies. Like, I don't think he's capable of saying the word breasts or referring to them in any manner that is actually mature. Like, he only knows how to say boobies, and I bet he snickers to himself every time. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> I think that fucking Steam post made me dumber. I think this is going to be a very dangerous new segment for us. Or at least I actually did me. see that post earlier. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Was... I didn't think so. Write it down for something to read here. Is... I got another post, though. Oh, do you? This is a short one, though. I'll just read the post, and then you can guess what game he's talking about. Okay. Well, I'm all for free art artistic expression and all. I think these games like these should not be allowed to be given a platform. It's just downright creepy as fuck. Undertale. Nope. Was it one of Nina Freeman's games? Like, how do you do it? No, it's Neptunia. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. Oh, that's from a good. Should not be given a platform because they're creepy as fuck because boobs, I guess. Because boobs are creepy. Mm. It boobs? just goes. It people go so far in both directions. I know it's, it's so really weird. sad. Ugh. There's just people just see anime sometimes and they're just like, oh, this is creepy stuff for perverts. Like, there's this whole giant bomb thread about Neptunia rebirth and some yeah, people, I, like, I posted oh, this about is just this. Pervy. I posted about this thread on Twitter last year, actually. Mm. Yeah, I was. I posted this in this thread. 
I mean, this is still the same site. It's not the three day, th- the three minute thread. It's a different one about why is there no quick look? Oh. Mm-hmm. P.S. Uh, it's creepy anime bullshit. Like people. Uh, Animes like- for jerks. Jeff Gerstmann, do you like me yet? Uh, Anybody that posts. Shit uh, you know like what? That when I was a kid, up. when no, no, when I played Persona Four, my cousin raised in a very Christian home uh-huh. um, walked up to me as I as I brooded up Persona Four. And then she was like, that's inappropriate. <laughs> what? Just the opening to Persona 4. I was like, I am this 18-year-old kid just sitting there playing the game. She's like, isn't that inappropriate? Just the intro to Persona 4. The intro to Persona 4 is just stylized silhouettes dancing. Weird. Yes, but it was also anime, I guess. And I told, hentai, I, hentai, I, I talked to her. I asked her about it. Yeah, that was kind of what the impression I got from talking to her. And then she, she was like, oh, well. And then it, like, showed Rize, like, dancing. And then she was like, look, look, inappropriate. I was like, <laughs> shouldn't I be looking away if it's inappropriate? You're doing a terrible <laughs> job on behalf of your god. <laughs> god. Shit. Rhett, do we have any news? The new Neptunia game is out. I have news. <laughs> I have news? news. I have very exciting news, actually. Uh, this week brought Let's about see. the release of a new Death Grip single. Uh, what? Ooh. Did I hear that? What? I listen to Death Grips, and I think they're cool. All right. Let's just remove Rhett from this call, actually. Yeah. All right. I listened to the first and second albums and liked them a lot. Awesome. You should continue down that road. Cool. Uh, but Death Grips released a new single, Hothead, from their forthcoming album, Bottomless Pit. Uh, okay. It is... Um, I, I, I'm sure nobody remembers this at all, but uh, there was a track at the end of Jenny Death called DG 2.0, which a lot of us had speculated had like, okay, this has got to be sort of an indicator of where Death Grips is going uh, in the future, and it's just this harsh fucking noise and loud and obnoxious and just like put on headphones and it's, you're going to cry. And it's everything I wanted it to be. I'm um, hoping for more. That sounds so lovely. I'm hoping for more of that. You can go check out the new single hothead on death grips, official YouTube channel. It's really good. It's noisy. It's loud. Uh, and you can also check out Stefan Burnett's uh, homepage. He's got a new page dedicated to his artwork and he is a fan. goddamn tastic artist. Uh, I think he works primarily like it's either oil or charcoal, uh, but his renderings of like real life objects and people and, and things are just really fucking stunning. So uh, stefanburnett.com is really good. Uh, people would know him as MC Ride. He is the guy that yells in Death Grips. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that. Brett! Oh, am I back in the call now? You're allowed to be in the call again. Okay. You're allowed to be in the call because I found a fucking use for you. <laughs> Do we have any questions, emails, anything like that? Because if people got them, you know what they want to do with them, right? They should uh, They should either get at us on Twitter by sending them on over to at SMPS underscore updates or shooting an email off to your podcast. It sucks. Make people sexy. Dot net. Rhett. Read. Yes. Read correspondence. Poncho Smith writes in. 
Since this is the weekend of Valentine's Day, what's your idea for a perfect romantic date? Rhett giving me a damn good blank blank. <laughs> same. That's right. I didn't have an answer for this one, so I'll just say same. Yeah. I've got a good answer. What's your answer? Last year on Valentine's Day, Anna and I um, bought new Pokemon decks at Walmart and then went to Moe's and bought like a giant thing of queso and spent like two hours drinking sodas, eating Moe's and playing Pokemon cards. To discuss, Wait, can, can you repeat the first part of that? We every now and then we play Pokemon cards for fun. <laughs> okay, I just I'm like, did I mishear him? Did he say fucking Pokemon? Yes, and we went to. So this I, is the guy that played Sonic the fucking Hedgehog two at his bachelor party. <laughs> Are you really that surprised? <laughs> and then ran out of continues on the final boss. Way to go! <sighs> bad bad omen for the honeymoon. <laughs> And then we um, played Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with Anna there. Yeah, perfect. Like, <laughs> just so you know. And then we left early because we were tired. <laughs> Sky knows how to fucking party. <laughs> so, I, so, like, that we was have... my ideal Valentine's Day. I want to go party with this motherfucker over here. Well, I finished this bottle of wine. I feel great. Um, and, uh, yeah, the question was, what's the, you're a perfect Valentine's Day, and I thought our Valentine's Day last year was really sweet. I love you. Oh, my God. Not Hi. here. <laughs> okay, next question. Kay. This one's very, very important. Okay. Sayara writes in, what is your NEP-NEP OTP? IF invert. IF invert. Uh. That is too goddamn that's, innocent and pure. That's a real good one. It's yeah. just I just wanted to so, go for something less obvious, and it's tricky. It's, it's hard to go for something less obvious because that one is so perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't about, really ha- feel like I ha- have a defined enough image of Noir to pair her with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Nep-Nep's personality. She kind of exists outside of things in a way, so it's almost weird to pair her and my brain just that map exists outside game. of sexuality i think not sexuality just like because she's the most fourth wall breaking one it's just like i kind of don't i i'm not really thinking of that yeah i have invert yes completely i don't really think <laughs> anyone connecting anybody in compa or um blonde because blonde is mean she is a meanie you're, poop head you're a meanie poop head Oh, come on. She is mean, though, right? So mean. Don't don't talk shit about her breasts. She's so mean to innocent, nice Vert. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure Vert. I want to know who who fired first. Who fired (laughs) the first shot? Vert just like an innocent, sweet little jab. (laughs) And then playful. And then Blonde is just like, I think your body is disgusting. And it's just like... (laughs) So, your body blonde. is disgusting, and you should be bulimic. <laughs> so, blonde can fuck off, and Vert deserves a better friend, like I am, <laughs> who is who is just best gal pals with Vert. Yeah, just gal pals. <laughs> They're gal big. pals doing gal pal things. Yes, I'll tell you what: the later games two and three. Vert gets the perfect partner with Nep gear because she's <laughs> trash. 
<laughs> it can be trashed together. Ow! I saw somebody tweet like, like Neptunia is great for when you want to play a game series where the protagonist is as garbage as you are. <laughs> That's so fucking true. <laughs> oh All they do is talk about video games All and they eat do junk is shit food. Post. Pudding. Oh my god! I actually started eating pudding because of that fucking game. Oh I think I want to buy god. pudding the next time I play one of those. Just. I can like a real good pudding or just like pudding no. cups. Oh, Anna made a really good chocolate pudding earlier today, so maybe I'll play that. Eat maybe I'll have that. <laughs> Neptunia's one of Neptunia's main Oh god. Neptune's main attributes is that she really likes pudding. And eggplants. Yeah. I'm sorry? And eggplants. And eggplants. Oh yeah. Life is good. Um. I have I didn't mention my OTP. Which I guess okay. realistically, it is IF and Vert was the best coupling in the game because this yeah. is the only one the game really went for in a yeah. serious way. Yeah. yeah. But but in Rebirth Three, there's a real subtle thing where Blonde seems to have a crush on Plutia. Kinda, <laughs> yeah. And that's real interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. That's real interesting to me. I, I get that. I, I think, think Noir I think has a much like... more open crush on Plutia as well. Yeah, definitely. So basically, Plutia is very cute. Yeah. The real pairing is Neptune and Pishi as buddies. They're best buds. And Just Neptune buds. and Plutia as buddies. Yeah. Mm. I heard you told me that that's like a really big thing in the third game that makes me really excited. Yeah. Um, also, just the thing with Ivan Vert is that IF starts off having a crush on Go- Vert as the goddess. Yeah. And then she finds out that Vert is just trash. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> and, then, and then, like. Um, she wants to understand it and really herself into it. She gets really disappointed and then she fall, basically falls in love with Vert again, but only as the real Vert. Yeah. It's actually oh, really sweet. It's really sweet. Why did they drop that? I don't know. I mean, maybe they couldn't just do it again, but it's weird that there's no shades of that whatsoever left. Yeah, that's a real. It's a real bummer. So was that entirely for Rebirth One though? Because in re in the original game, it was IF and Red. Right? IF and Red, yeah. The thing, which seems to play out completely different. Obviously. It plays out way different. Yeah, yeah. Red, so red, a- red is the pursuer in this instance. <laughs> She pursues everybody. Of course. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's the real idiot. OTP is Red X Everyone. Red X Everyone. <laughs> yeah. I really liked Falcom's character design in the first game. Falcom's in awesome. Falcom's great. Falcom's character only gets cooler as the series goes on, too. She's awesome. really cool in the second game. Hell yeah. I absolutely love her character in the second game. Cool. And then the third game just says, fuck it, and has them meet. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck not? <laughs> So they're trading trade secrets of being adventurers in different universes. It's so It's weird. so silly. It's such a dumb game. It's such a dumb series. We love Neptunia. <laughs> Next question. Next question is from Zalaz. Also, imagine a net <laughs> fighting game. Who would be your main? Blonde. IF. Oh, fuck. Um... <sighs> If I could, though, I'd also take Marvelous because she would make a great fighting game character. Mm-hmm. 
My second answer is going to be Plutia because she will have the best specials. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would probably—I don't really have a connection with Plutia as a character yet because yeah. I haven't seen any of her dialogue, so I only have oh, a connection boy. with Iris Hart. She's such, <laughs> she is such a good character. So okay, good. I'm glad that Plutia is also a good character because I really because yes, both in her HDD form and her her more childlike appearance, she's such yeah. an interesting and fun character. Awesome. She has a line in the normal ending that doesn't show up in the true ending, where she just goes, "Oh, I had no idea that Uni was a cockroach." <laughs> <laughs> so they. They just take that joke and just run with it the entire game where she believes everything <laughs> Neptune says. Yeah, like, I love that about her character. She's just like, uh, she's just a sponge and everything Neptune <laughs> says sticks into it. She is too pure for this world. <laughs> I'd probably main Iffy or Vert. Oh, so I was actually added on saying I'd probably use Vert high attack and range. <laughs> and maximum jiggle. Yeah. Oh god, her in a fighting game would be obscene. Yeah, probably. No, no one really likes Noir, huh? <laughs> she's always seemed to talk around her in discussions. Boy, well, she's the loner. She likes being alone and doesn't like having <laughs> friends. Isn't that that her whole thing? Yeah. I guess her personality didn't really connect with me in the first game so much. Maybe because I yeah. played the her chapter like. Oh yeah. Ago. yeah. I I don't have a problem with her character at uh, all. I like, think I, I think that she's absolutely like you know a good addition to the cast. I don't you know I, it's just she's not a character. She's not that, extreme. I yeah. Think. We're like maybe we that's seem what to I'm have after, very strong but... feelings about the other characters, either positively or negatively. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Is that she has the kind of Sudari thing, but it's not like that pronounced. Yeah, she she's not so as doesn't make a strong impression because of that in the game as exaggerated as Neptunia. Her and IF kind of keep try to keep things grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but IF is definitely better at it. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She is the better straight man. Yeah. Except when she's gay for Vert. <laughs> she's not straight. <laughs> Actually, that is why that's such a good pairing, though, because when IF breaks. Yeah. It's super cute. It really is. Like, the whole cool demeanor goes right out the window. Mm-hmm. My God, it's perfect. Yeah. She gets smushed in her boobs, and it's just <laughs> like, that's it. She's done. The emotional core of that game. <laughs> okay, Zalaz also writes in, how important do you consider track order in an album? I say super important. Vital. Very important. Like, it is very vital. The way an album is sequenced entirely changes its dynamic. Yep. I had, like, for some reason, my copy of Broken on my phone was out of order, and I just never listened to it. Because it's like, no, I can't. I can't do this. No. <laughs> yeah, like, when I transfer uh, stuff to my phone, I have to make sure it is properly tagged and mm-hmm. in proper order. Or in the order that I prefer. Yeah. Um, there it, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there Sorry. are some albums that... I definitely have my own order for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just means that ordering is especially important because you yes. think about it enough that you want to rearrange the order to more suit your tastes. Yeah, yeah. Like like in Rainbows, like my, my playlist for that is legendary. Yes. That one's weird, though, because you didn't even change the actual 
order of the original songs. You just added more into it. I just found ways to put more into it to give that album the oomph that it needed. Yeah. And it definitely is a way better album that yeah. way. Like it is a longer album and like it's like 75 minutes or so, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It just, it's sequenced together really well, but it's yeah, a really good playlist. An album needs what you add sequenced. from like, uh, the well, yeah. sides, uh, for, uh, uh, in rainbows yeah they add they released it as like a i think a 10 track album yeah but then they did a bonus cd that was only available with the special edition that had like eight other songs on it yeah Weird. and they're really good yeah like but why like, those were left off is completely bewildering so you just kind of mushed it together but in a really yeah. smart way yeah cool yeah it, it totally works together cool yeah then the new blur album i think i mentioned this when it came out i hate the playlist on it so i just totally changed it for my own listening purposes because, like, track two is this super slow, draggy song. And it's just like, what is... No, you don't put that second. That's where the single goes. I was I was, <laughs> I was, was pretty okay with uh, the Magic Whips uh, I hated sequencing. It, I was pretty okay with it. So then one day I just tried, like, what if I just do, like, all odd songs and then all even songs? So it still starts and ends the same, but then the rest is different. And I listen to it that way now. Ah, I see. Cool. And then the other album I will only listen to in a different way is the third Mars Volta album. Track two is like the 16 minute. Oh yeah. Epic. yeah. So I'm like, just put that one last because if you listen to it first, you are exhausted. You're already exhausted. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think listening to it with that song at the end, it gives like the second, the new second track way more punch because it's the first time the album gets loud, but not too loud, but it, it just feels to flow a lot better for me it, that it, way. When you when you when you throw when you sequence it back around that way, it it builds to this crescendo. Yeah. That that, that that original second track just like it blows its load way too early. Way too there. So, but if you throw that at the end, it's just like the album just drives itself off of this great ramp into just a whole new stratosphere. It sounds so good. Yeah. So yeah, sequencing matters a lot to me. Yeah, I it's it's something that I've consulted like a lot of local bands and stuff about. Can you um, tell me my um? Can I tell you my worst sequencing story? Uh oh. First sure. five times I listened, like first six months or something, I was listening to the Downward Spiral. It didn't have the songs after Eraser on it. What? What? <laughs> I know. What? I know. That's so terrible. Because like, you're like missing like the biggest like the buildup. Yeah, like that whole the payoff oh my god yeah, yeah. yeah. wow it was, it's rough so, what so i was like oh this is pretty out. good and then i when i found i bought the cd because i loved it so much mm-hmm. and then i saw three extra songs at the end and i was like and one of them was called the downward spiral and i was like oh fuck because <laughs> i knew i knew the the plot and i kind of listened to a racer and i was like oh i get how you could infer that but <laughs> And then so I went home and like put on the CD and just in silence in the darkness just listened to the whole thing and then was like, oh, it that's like, what that's about. Yeah, it all comes together and makes sense. Like Ooh. without those last four or five tracks, how? What? <laughs> I know, right? So I didn't. I don't think it had reptile. Um, wow. Or um, and obviously not down spiral or hurt or do. <laughs> Wouldn't it be missing a warm place as well? (laughs) Good lord. 
Like the entire emotional core of that album is gone. Yeah. That's wow. But I'd never listened to Nine Inch Nails before, so I still heard like Closer and then the first track and um, March of the Pigs and Heresy and like that stuff was so fresh and new to me that I just connected with the album really strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Ruiner. Ugh. Oh yes, uh, the Ruiner, so good, so good. Um, I think Eraser is after a warm place, but then Reptile, Downward Spiral, yeah, are after that. And I think I said something. That's what that's what the context was when we did like we were doing online DJ when I when we were like I was like Reptile and um, Big Man with a Gun are so scary. Thank God there's a warm place right in the middle. And <laughs> wow. Any other questions? Uh, I remember one time downloading an album that didn't have track numbers, oh. but I didn't notice. So I just listened to it in what in ended up being alphabetical order. order. And then I realized later that I had done that. And yeah, it just totally changed things when I was listening to it in the correct order. Because mm-hmm. like the instrumental was first, and then that faded into the proper f- second track. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense now. Now Jeez. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, next it question. for regular albums, and especially like concept albums. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, I already know what Polly's answer to this question is going to be. Okay. It comes in from Raquel. Any game devs that you would like to personally learn from? Really? You know who I'm going to say? Because you retweet them a bunch. Oh, Rami Ismail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's definitely, like, I think that, like, like I think that that guy understands game design and implements mm. it in a way that is really smart. And, like, he... Like, the things that he does really speak to me on the kind of games that I would want to make. But I also really love what he does for the indie community as a whole and trying to bring game development to lesser developed countries to try and, you know, give them a core to draw from for inspiration to have some kind of export and things like that. Like, I think that that guy... That guy's doing some crazy work. He is in the air. He is around the world like 300 days a year doing what he does and also running his company. So he's like giving talks all the time. He's meeting with smaller devs to help them out. And it's just like, you know, like, can you find a better representative for the indie games community than Rami Ismail? Cool. Definitely. What was the question? Any game dev you'd like to learn from? Personally, Kowalski. oh, I've been actually <laughs> thinking about this because um, Lauren Schmidt, I follow on Twitter and he follows me uh, or they follow me. Um, and um, really like Lauren Schmidt's work, really like Stargard, really like Strawberry Cubes. And um, there's a Patreon reward where for $25, <laughs> where Lauren Schmidt will like. Hang out and play test your game and talk about it with you. <laughs> oh wow! So oh, wow. have you so done that? I was thinking about um, when I get back into kind of making games, I could take a couple months, um, spiffy up the machine, spiffy up, and just talk talk for a little while. Because I think if anybody outside of my circle of friends here could give me some input that would help me there, it would probably be Lauren Schmidt because that person's work is just mind blowing. And Starby Cubes just speaks a whole lot um, to the kind of stuff, effects I might want to have. Um, they're the one that put together the Dungeon Decorator editor I've been retweeting oh, kind of. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good shit. Cool, cool. What about you, Rhett? So 
my initial instinct was Phil Fish, but yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really make like Fez isn't the kind of game that I make or I'm trying mm-hmm. to make, so that might not really be great. But and then I thought Miyazaki from Dark Souls, but again, that's not quite what I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. So I thought about this while you guys were talking, and my final answer is Zune from Toho. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. I would just want to talk bullets with him. Be like, what is your thought process for like how do you design these layouts? Like, I think that would be super interesting and helpful. I just like, plug how, in numbers. To... Oh I god, just, and yeah, I just, numbers. I just plug in numbers and it works. I, I don't think that's about. <laughs> I know all about numbers from Bullet Phase because those fucking guns have like twenty oh, variables. Oh, I fucking know. Believe me, I know your bullets. I hate your bullets. <laughs> you, should, you should beat that game. Oh, I, I went back. Tried, I went back, dude. I went back and got the last um, companion. Yeah, because I made a video showing you how. Well, yes, but I still did it, and I feel very proud of myself. Thank you very much. Good job. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. No bit left behind. No bit left behind. And now I've completely finished bullet phase. And did, I've No, you didn't. You didn't do bonus stages. I feel so good about having completely beaten every <laughs> challenge that game has to offer. I can't imagine it getting any more dramatic than that, because that, whew, that was really rough. God damn. <laughs> Whew. I should have put me hard, Rhett, but I I pulled through. I went through over every challenge you had to offer. You know what I should have done? What? I should have put like a guest book at the end of the bonus stages to see if anybody ever signed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the answer would be no. Because oh. <laughs> like a day after the game came out, there was a video on YouTube, like a tutorial, like getting all the friends. But they only wow. did the normal stage, not the bonus stages. I don't think anybody has ever played those. I've beaten a couple of them. Okay, cool. I peeked yeah. at most of them and said, nope. Oh, that's right. The last one is really funny, though. The last one is like a, a hard version of like level five. But what? instead of just moving up and down really slowly, they move in figure eights. Oh, fuck. You. And it's just fucking crazy. Because yeah, as, as, as soon as you jump, you go flying off. So you have to, like, know how to jump with them. It's really oh, fun. Oh, fuck you. Because it was basically, I had programmed all this physics stuff into the game and never used it. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to use it one time. Because, like, whenever you jump, you will match the speed of your platform. Yeah. So I had <sighs> platforms that do crazy shit for one level. <laughs> that nobody will see. Yeah, because it's literally the last play. one. And then the, there's that purple level called Fu Ret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that even I have a really hard time beating. It's like oh. uh, it's like the special stage that um, uh, 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 um, shit. Space giraffe guy, Jeff Mentor. No. It's like the special stage he put into uh, Tempest Three Thousand. Uh, I'm a real bar steward. <laughs> It's and it's basically this impossible bullshit. <laughs> Sounds like the space cam levels that the developer didn't know how to beat that they just put in to see if anyone could figure them out. Yeah, game developers are e- evil, huh? Yeah, fuck them all. <laughs> God damn, evil. I want to learn from any of these. I want to learn from any of these bastards. <laughs> For what it's worth, your game, some of your games go a lot further towards being Phil Fish or Miyazaki than anything I've ever done. <laughs> Rhett. Yeah. I mean, my games do are hard, like Dark Souls, but I think those games have more world-building yeah. ethos mm-hmm. than I ever really go for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just the epic quality Rest's of just a lot like, of Rest's just like, hey, I got a spaceship and a shoes bullets. 
Hey, nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Really? I, re- I rewatched John's video of Super Salxer the other day <laughs> just to hear oh, really? him gush about it. Oh. It's a good I'm one. sorry that I didn't get all the. Um, I was thinking just the other day how I was sad that I didn't do it in one segment so that I could show all the transitions. That you know, that did, that did honestly bug me again when rewatching it. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, you go into stage four and then it cuts kind of abruptly, uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, and then the music is off. Uh-huh. It's like, like, it's so perfect when you're playing it. But you know, you know what the worst thing was? It wasn't even – it was my recording software. I didn't die until the eighth level. Yeah, and then Ugh. you die at the eighth level and there's an obvious cut. It's funny though. Like when I put the music in that game, these were tracks that I just got off Newgrounds. And they work so well as the transitions though because like they all – Went went into different movements around two minutes, like right when the stage transitions were happening. I'm like, how does this keep lining up so perfectly? It's amazing. Don't question it. Just go with it. I was just like, God, this music was so made for this. Yep. Cool. Cool. Uh, Rainiac writes in. He was the guest earlier. Mm-hmm. For, he writes to me, how does it feel to no longer be dumb now that you've finally started playing Downwell? Well, he's still dumb. He hasn't played down. I haven't played it. I just bought it. Jeez. He's still. I had a friend text me, who's like, likes games, not that like into the on the pulse like we are a lot of the time. And I was just, John, do you know about Downwell? And I was like, dude, Downwell's fucking great. I beat it. Go play it. And he was like, yeah, it was nice, fantastic. But Brent's still dumb. He hasn't played it yet. So (gasps) that's that's all the questions. By the way, that's it. All right. Well, then, I guess it's about time we start wrapping things up here. Remember, if you want to shoot us uh, a submission for Butt Steam, you know, just uh, <laughs> oh God. either shoot me a link to the post or send me an image of uh, the post uh, to poly at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. And if you want us to answer your questions, you can send them to at SMPS underscore updates on Twitter or podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy.net. John Thire, where can people find you? <gasps> farawaytimes.com Rhett, where can the fine folks at home find Game you? Game industry, playing Neptunius <laughs> You can find me waiting to return to game industry at some point, hopefully Then remember I get to go back to Ivalice you know, The podcaster loves you I only was they love you and that purdy mouth